Cowabunga dudes and dudettes, Rob here. Uh, today is November 11th of 2017, which is Veterans Day here in the United States. And on behalf of the Turtle Flakes crew and myself, we just wanted to thank all of our veterans, the ones who have served in the past uh, and the ones who are currently serving. Thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for, for protecting the freedoms that we have today. Um, my father served in the military. He served in the Vietnam War. Uh, my grandfather served in the Korean War. And, of course, my good friend and our buddy Josh O'Rourke has served uh, our country as well. So, honestly, these, these are regular people that, that answer the call to serve. And uh, if you get a chance, everyone, just thank somebody who has served our country and has fought for the freedoms that we have today. Uh, thank you all, and Calabunga. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes, episode 90, I believe. Hey, we're only 10 away from three digits. What about that, guys? Yeah, yeah. Pretty good, pretty good. So I am we, your host, Rob. We could Rob. hit 100 by the end of the year. We could. I don't know, man. Yeah. You think we will? Yeah. We might have to do a couple weeks where we have two episodes. Oh, right? yeah, just to, to hit that milestone. Yeah, yeah. Cause, you know uh, what? It, it, it would be pretty cool if the first episode of 2018 is the, is the 100th episode. That would be cool. Yeah, kickstart that, on I mean, that would be for it. I love that. Or, or, you know, but at the same time, wouldn't it be cool to hit 100 right around Christmas time? No. Yeah. Did you say no? No. I said no. <laughs> oh, that'd be a great stocking stuffer. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, boy. Custody, oh, what a start to the show. <laughs> Man of Steel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah guys. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, I am your host, Rob, and join with me, if you haven't already guessed, is host head Josh. Hi. And then, of course, Mr. T. How you guys doing? Doing good. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm fired up now. We are fired up, man. We, we've had a, some great conversation before the uh, the show started. Uh, we talked about Man of Steel and our various opinions on it, uh, Teen <laughs> Titans Go, and, and all that good stuff. And now we're fired up to talk about uh, today. We uh, we've got a really cool lined up. We are returning to the 2003 era of the Turtles, and we Woo! yeah, I'm excited. The, the stuff we yeah. have today. I am. <laughs> oh, Josh, don't start. Don't start. <laughs> here's 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 the thing. Right, here we go. I told this to Thaddeus. It's just like the 2003. People like it. I don't try to bash it. It's you know, it's just not my thing. It's sure. just it, just to separate themselves. Everything else the turtles had become at that time. <laughs> what, what did you say? That's, that's what makes it so good, though. That's I get it, but it's just like it's like General Hospital. It's like how <laughs> dramatic does this show have to be? You know? Oh yeah, and it needs more it's be more like Scrubs. Teenage Mutant Ninja actually... Turtles. Calm down. <laughs> since, no, no. Since, since she pointed since she pointed out the melodramatic thing at at, at the end of the uh, the comic book issue that we're fixing to read, 
uh, Peter Laird actually goes into great detail about a lot of people that that at first didn't like this show. Yeah. And then eventually, once season three rolled around, they absolutely loved it. I actually, I'm I'm actually thinking about reading that. If, if we have time, I actually want to read read what what he said, or or at least like a paragraph of what he said. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, the, he, you talk about the turtle tracks at the end. Yeah. Yeah, there was one thing yeah. I wanted to read there too. So that sounds perfect. That's yeah. awesome. It's like nine pages long too. I, I like know. that they had. <laughs> they were so interactive with their fan base. Like, I mean, this is pre-internet too. Right. And well, some of the really feedback is kind of brutal. But... Yeah, this is pre, yeah. this is like pre good internet, you know. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So uh, I mean, this is so pre internet. They have an iMac joke in this book. I know. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And Donatello's like, man, Apple did it again. Yeah, superior design. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, guys, everything's still not Millhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Millhouse. Uh, nice yeah, dog. I, know, right? <laughs> yeah. I think Millhouse is all of us. That's true. I think so. I think so. Uh, remember the remember the one where he lost his glasses and he was petting this horseshoe crab and he was going nice doggy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, remember when Simpsons was good? Oh, how oh, that's that's I love the Simpsons. I say oh, season one through ten. That's another, that's another two hour discussion for another. <laughs> uh, it's pretty uh, bad when Thaddeus is keeping us together. Ten at, in intimate detail. So. Yes, yes. So uh, Thaddeus is going to be sitting here like I like turtles. Yeah, Come this on. is a turtles podcast. Why are you doing this? <laughs> this is why I came on the show to keep Josh from happening. Oh yeah, yeah, and me too, me too. I'm jeez, I'm the ringleader of the hose heads. You started the show. I know, I know, and I, I can't stand myself. When I edit, I edit myself out. Uh, makes two of us. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jose. Uh, yeah, so, so today, guys, we are covering, of course, the 2003 stuff. So in particular, we're covering Volume 4, Issue 9. And that's for our buddy uh, Brian from Utah. This is for you, buddy. I think you'll, you'll appreciate this issue. And we are also watching a really, really exciting episode of the 2003 cartoon from Season 1, Episode 10, entitled The Shredder Strikes, Part 1, which I'll go ahead and tell you right now. I love that episode, and Josh, since you've not seen it, I'm excited to hear what you think about it. Um, All right. Or you're dreading it. <laughs> no, I'm really excited, because I thought this will be the one that gets them. It, it, but that's yeah. just Robology. <laughs> I don't know. But let me go ahead and get the links out of the way real quick. Um, if you want to send us an email, our TurtleFlakes uh, email address is TurtleFlakesPodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, at TurtleFlakes. And I wanted to give my buddy, oh, what's his name? He's from Scotland. He just sent us a message on Twitter not long ago saying he just found us by accident. So thank you so much from uh, from America, man. Thanks for listening. Despite Josh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I hate to be like the American stereotype on this show, but it's kind of <laughs> what it is. So I was like, I've got my bacon. I've got my nine mil over here. I've got my <laughs> barrel of beer. Wait, that I've might be Canadian. Coffee. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you described everything as Canadian. You're Bob and Doug. It's no, because in Canada you all eat ham or oh, fatback. Yeah, it's not. It's not bacon. It's or back ham, bacon. You know? Yeah, I get in arguments with my wife about that all the time because Canadian bacon to Nicole is bacon, and to me it's ham. It's it called is center ham. cut. There it is. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, I, I, I remember it's smoked. That's, right. You know, that's the thing. I remember uh, ordering Canadian bacon on my pizza one time, really never knowing what it was. I was like, "Ooh, bacon. I like bacon." Put it on there, and I was very disappointed. So I had to put a pineapple on to kind of change things up. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's not like Canadian bacon's bad. I like Canadian bacon. Sure, I just like sure, American bacon better. Just don't call it know. bacon. Yeah. Just call it ham. I mean, yeah. just, that's what it is. That's don't called a ham sandwich. Anything it's not. Absolutely. 
Yes. So, uh, so guys, we have a Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. And my main man, Mr. T, he's over that. Uh, thank you all so much for joining the page and uh, talking turtles. Um, it, it's really, really awesome to see see it going the way it has. And really, it's it's pretty cool. So we have a hotline, a TurtleCom hotline, where you can just send us a message. Um, it's an answering service where you just send us a message about anything Ninja Turtles, anything you want to talk about. Um, the number for it is 865 865- 309-4875. I do have a blog. It's radrobsblog.blogspot.com. And I'm wanting to write a blog here in the next couple of weeks talking about the TMNT magazine. I know I've talked about that forever. But now I've got a little bit of time on my hands. I'd like to go ahead and do it. Um, Cross-country yeah. season's over. I've got a little bit of free time when the little man sleeps. So I really want to try it. Um, I'm going to try to do some scans, put them up there. I probably can't scan the whole thing. I don't know if I'd get in any trouble for that. So I'll just scan some of the things I thought were really funny or interesting or some toy catalogs that were in it. Um, and just write a little blurb about you know what, what's expected from, from the first the first issue. And I'm going to work my way up the series. So that I think that's my goal for the first few articles. Um, I have a small spe- announcement, if you don't mind. <laughs> oh, please, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm, I've told uh, Rob about this, but I think he might have forgotten. It's been a couple of months ago, but I'm starting a blog, too, called the Turtle Tracks blog on WordPress. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was me trying to find an identity for it. I just I didn't know what I wanted it to be, but I'm pretty sure I'm, like, 90-10 on this. I'm going to focus on, like, action figure reviews and just, like, collectible reviews and stuff like that. That's awesome. But uh, all written down, no video or anything like that, so that's what I'm going to start. Uh, probably this weekend I'm going to start it. So hopefully oh, you'll see cool, something man. I'm not sure soon. Hey, sounds great. Hey, more content, uh, more turtles content, the better. That sounds awesome. Um, let's see. Speaking of blogs, we have, of course, our buddy Mark Pellegrini's blog. We always got to promote him because he is pretty much the godfather of Ninja Turtle blogs. <laughs> yeah. He's always writing. I mean, this guy writes like a review a day, and he just recently wrote a review on the uh, uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Day comic that just came out, which I do not have, but um, he said, you know, don't don't hold any sleep over it because a lot of it's just recap of previous storylines, yeah. just like the comic, the free comic book day comic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he just re- recently reviewed that. If you want to check out his blog, it's tmntentity.blogspot.com. Always check out our friend Anthony Hernandez's uh, Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday YouTube show. Um, you just search that up. He reviews classic and modern uh, Ninja Turtle toys. Last one I did get to see was the Chrome Dome review, but I'm sure he's done some since then. Uh, really, really great uh, show. Family-friendly. I think you'll like it. Mm-hmm. And last two, um, we're proud members of the Retro Junkies Network, which is a network of family-friendly um, retro gaming and retro everything uh, podcasts. So if you want to check out any of the shows that are similar to us, like, you know, Genesis Gems is a Sega Genesis show that I was proud to be part of for quite some time and um, really, really enjoy the Sega Genesis. That's probably Josh and my favorite console ever, or at least tied for favorite. Yeah, I, I oh, God, I wish I it's up there. my old Sega. I oh, wish. man, I, I think I got an extra. If I do, I'll send you one, man. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you not to. I, I, I always feel bad. I always feel bad getting gifts from people, but I'm not going to. Oh, stop it! Stop it! It would make me I'll, happy knowing I'll, that you're you're playing Sega with your kids. Not that expensive, dude. Because like my my sister got me one for Christmas that came of like eight games, and it was like forty bucks, and it came of like all the cords, like four yeah. controllers, eight games. So yeah, you should be able to. Even if you go, if you, like if if there's like a retro game store, like in your town they they usually they're usually around like 50 bucks which isn't really that bad man yeah, not bad you know, at all 
There's I've talked to Rob about this. There's nothing like that around here. There's yeah, really that's true. No flea markets, no secondhand shops. I mean, you'd think there would be with all the junk in Minnesota, but there's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing like that around here. There's there, the one retro game shop is about an hour and a half away from here, and they never have anything good. They've got, they call themselves a retro store, but they've got more modern stuff than anything else. I mean, they have, uh... they out their PlayStation Four games outnumber their Nintendo games like three to one. All right. Ah, that's a shame. Yeah, they just, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. And it's like a chain retro shop, too, so what was I really expecting? But, you know, maybe maybe you know when, you know, we get our tax return whenever we do next year, maybe I'll get a Sega and and maybe an old TV or something like that, or an adapter so I can hook up up a Sega to my flat screen, but... uh, Mm -hmm. Oh, that actually reminds me, Josh. Uh, Josh and I were talking about this a couple days ago. Um, we have some really cool plans for the beginning of next year. Yeah. Um, we really want to focus on the Game Boy games and, and maybe even dedicate maybe a whole month or at least two or three episodes. Ooh, that's actually good for me because I actually own all the Game Boy games. Oh, great. Me too. Me too. And they're, they're really, really cool games and, uh, you know, definitely underrated. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we, uh, we should do those pretty soon. So, uh, we'll probably start in order with Fall of the Foot Clan. I think that was the first one and then, uh, just work our way up, but... Yeah, excited about that. So keep keep that in the back of your minds, guys. We're we're gonna try to you know expand a little bit and, and cover everything we possibly can. And and guys, I know I say this every episode. You know we we do want to be more consistent. We want to have a little bit more quality in our shows, regarding <laughs> content. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, we we got a lot to work with. Well, here. Then I'm I mean, out. Not much to work with. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, real, real quick, I just wanted to say, and I, and I know I know that I keep saying this over and over and over again. I I am gonna. Hopefully, before the beginning of next year, hopefully I'll be able to get a new phone because this one is on its last legs. Um, uh-huh. It's actually the, the the screen is starting to flicker on it, and the only way that I can get it to stop flickering is to keep it charged up. Um, uh-huh. It's just with me and my job, I'm I'm just not getting the hours right now, and, that, and that's you know that's not any disrespect to my job because I love my job. It's just that time of the year where everything kind of slows down. I mean, I got. Mm-hmm got two dental fillings that I got to get done, which is like $360, you know, so I'm saving up for that. And, uh, but hopefully once I get my new phone, maybe I'll be able to go back and do more fan interaction videos. Cause I really enjoy doing that. And hopefully my mic will actually work on that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, well, I just wanted to let Rob know cause I know he's not on Facebook anymore. Uh, fan, like fan interactivity has actually been really good lately. We've actually had oh, great. probably more fans this active as opposed to like any other month this year. And See what happens when I leave? <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not, be- oh, it's not because like you left. I'm, I'm just saying in general, because I, I know, I know I kind of, you know, I kind of help run, run the page because, you know, you guys are, are busy. You know, you do have families that you have to take care of. And, um, but it wasn't but, a coincidence but, either. But I mean, like, like for the most part, everybody's just been really happy. They've been getting along with each other. You know, they're they're always excited to hear like more turtle news. And um, you know, maybe maybe towards the beginning of next year, maybe we can do like a um, like a fa- like I can do like a fan video. Maybe take some fan suggestions about what they want to do for a show. Maybe we could do like a fan Friday or something where we pick like one fan like, from the group and talk about, like, what they want to talk about or something. Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, Josh had talked about that, too. I, I think that's a really cool idea, you know, to yeah. kind of, 
get more fan interaction going because man it, it's so cool to to talk with other turtle fans you know and and everyone brings something to the table so that's something we're definitely we're we're wanting to uh improve upon because we're getting we're nearing 100 and some episodes guys oh. i mean that's already been a blessing to me personally and and all i all i want to do is just try to be better keep you know trying to be better with every single episode which uh you know it's been a goal of mine i, I want to cover more and more turtle stuff because there's a lot of stuff that we just haven't had the chance there's to, to talk about out yeah. there. too much stuff you're yeah. right too I mean, much. there's, there's too so much stuff, much stuff. I expected I to like buy and review and all that you're right you're right josh there, there's, oh, there's sorry, so much I, going on i didn't mean to cut you off um oh no no, no no oh no you're good i do that all the time really does. Saying, josh is used to it yeah <laughs> what i was saying was um I, 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 had, I had to explain to people because I know uh, about like what was it two weeks ago we we took a long break. Um, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I but I did explain that you know uh, you know Rob was you know going through some personal things. Uh, you know Josh mm-hmm. was going through some personal stuff. I mean Josh even messaged me the other day. He said that um, he was kind of going through a rough time, and if there was anything that I could do to help him, because uh, just a lot of the stuff like going on the news was just kind of hitting them hard. And I just told them, you know, sometimes you just got to take a deep breath. Sometimes you just got to turn off the news and just enjoy life for what it is. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of add, add this towards the end of the show, but, um, you know, just, just real quick. If, if anybody's going, th- cause I, cause I, I know 2017 hasn't been a good year for everybody. <laughs> um, I'm not, and I'm not a political person, but, you know, there there is a lot of scary stuff going on in the world nowadays. You know, yeah. especially with, uh, you know, like the thing with like the Las Vegas shooting and you know, serious stuff like that. But sometimes you just gotta, and, and and I'm not trying to sound ignorant by saying this, but sometimes you just you just gotta turn off the news for a second and just enjoy time with your family and your friends and your neighbors, and because it can get to a point where it can literally make you so depressed that you that depending on who you are, you, you can go off the deep end and that's really yeah. scary to think about. And mm-hmm. that's honestly, that's probably the, one of the reasons why I, I don't, I don't turn on the news anymore because it literally makes me so depressed and, and it ruins my day and it, and it affects, and it affects me on a mental state. And I just, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. And, you know, it is, it is important. Like, don't get me wrong. It, it is important to find out, you know, what's happening in your neighborhood or, you know, if there's a serial killer living down your street or something, but I think I sort of feel like social media in a way is making us go to war with each other because I feel like everybody has to be right about, about everything. And yeah. if you don't like somebody, then you're a moron. And me personally, I've had to unfriend a whole bunch of people because they just got to the point where I was just sick of hearing them, you know, just be so angry at everything. And it's like, and it's like, dude, yeah. like, there's so much worse things that can happen to you. And I, and you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say my life was better than anybody, but you know, I, I have had it before where I, you know, to go on a personal level, I have had it where I had a house fire and I literally lost everything except for the clothes on my back. And I know what uh. it's like not to have everything. And it's scary, but you know, kind of like what Josh said in the early episode, the turtles make me happy. The turtles, you know, is is a positive role in my life and sometimes you just gotta stop and just breathe for a second and just find something that you enjoy doing that makes you happy and just enjoy your life because if if you're if you're on facebook and you're just 
you know, you're just miserable. That's precious seconds of your life that you're never going to get back. So you need. That's true. So, so if 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 Facebook's making you upset, if television's making you upset, take a break from it. I'm not saying you have to delete your account. By all means, keep your account, but just just step away. Take take, go for a walk or something. Do something to get your mind off of it because the more you think about it, the more it's going to make you angry. Yeah. The more your friends are going to get angry, and then the more that you're going to beat yourself up. up, up you're going to beat yourself up over it. And at the end yeah. of the day, it's, it's just not worth it. You need, you need to find, and, and, and I kind of mentioned this the other day too, like whenever I went to go have lunch with my dad, find, and I'm actually thinking about doing this next year. And, you know, if anybody in the group wants to do this too, take out, take out a piece of paper, write something down that happened like today, for instance, like say for instance, like you want to go see the movie, put it in, put it in a jar at the end of every month, go back into that jar and read all all the good stuff that happened throughout that month. And I guarantee you, you will feel a lot better about yourself. Well, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up. First of all, to go to go back, I, I do apologize for Turtle Flakes not being around for a while. Um, it, we had lots of health issues in September, and then in October, we had some billing issues with uh, Potomatic. Yeah. Um, and they actually froze my account until we could get the uh, billing stuff fixed. So there was a good point in time. There was about two weeks where we couldn't actually post anything so i do apologize for that but you know josh and i we, we've made it a, a, a plan to record more frequently especially leading up to the end of the year but going back to what you said that is life is so short man you got to do something that makes you happy and in this show as, as silly as it is and we're not making a dime off of it it is certainly not a waste of time no. you know because i love this show i love the turtles i love you guys i know it's sappy but it's true like I said before, this dude, this show has been such a positive influence on, on me and so many other people. You know, I've actually had Mike Webb, you know, reach out to me personally. And, you know, he was going through a rough time, too. And he goes, dude, I just want to let you know that you, Thaddeus, Rob and Josh have helped me through a, such a hard time in my life. But you know what? I can always look at the turtles. I can always look at turtle flakes and say, you know what? I'm thankful for those guys. I'm thankful that they made my day the way it is. And it's stuff like that that makes me appreciate doing this podcast. Sure, absolutely. I mean, who knows? You, like the like the fellow from um, Scotland for yep. life. Of me, I, please forgive me. I can't remember his name, but you never know who's listening. So that is such a blessing, man. Uh, no kidding. The turtle come. Maybe that's Michelangelo now. This is Donatello. Come in. Well, well, guys, I got the links out of the way. I think I think that was all of them. Let's go ahead and talk about feedback. We were just mentioning that. Why don't we go ahead and listen to a couple voicemails? You guys, you guys yeah, ready for that? Yeah, we're doing Mike Webb's on first. Yeah, let's do Mike Webb's first. Let me see if I can pull it up and it'll actually play. All right, so let's do Mike's first. Okay, so I've got mine pulled up if y'all have yours. Uh, Kyle Bunga, guys. Mike Webb here. Uh, just wanted Kyle to ask you your opinions on uh, the Nick, Nick uh, Nickelodeon treating, the, how they've been treating the Turtles uh, lately. With um, <laughs> switching the show to Nicktoons' last several episodes, um, and how I, they basically yeah. ignore the 2003 series exists. Um, oh wow! And I just wanted to say I'm hoping everybody's okay and healthy, and looking forward to the next episode, guys. Uh, Cowbunga. Thank you, Cowbunga. Yeah, hey, Cowbunga to you too, Mike. So. Uh... I, you know, I feel unworthy to answer because I've not actually watched a lot of the the later. I've not watched the last two seasons of the Nick cartoon, which I should be ashamed for. Oh no, dude! You're... But that is yeah. Just in case you didn't hear it, uh, it, Mike was asking how um, how we felt about 
the Nickelodeon cartoon being switched over to what was it? Uh, Fox Kids? No, it wasn't Fox Kids. What was it? Nicktoons. Yes, yes. Uh, and you know, he said something how the 2003 series has been neglected in the series quite a bit. Um, that they've not referenced a lot of stuff. So, how did we feel about that? Um, Me, I I, I don't know how to answer that. So that's all you. I actually did talk about this. I was actually very upset with Nickelodeon. Honestly, um, I don't think it was right of them to do that because not a lot of people have Nicktoons Network and not a lot of people have Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of did the same thing for um, Avatar The Legend of Korra where the final season, um, instead of airing it on Nickelodeon, they aired it online, um, which a lot of people didn't... They didn't really attack Nickelodeon, but they kind of gave them some backlash because not a lot of yeah. people... Uh, you know, there still are people in the world that don't have internet. Um I kind of understand the reasoning for doing it. It's because, and, and I, mentioned, I mentioned this in a video, uh, Nickelodeon, the, their reason for, for doing the final season was because the final season was the darkest and they had probably had complaints from, you know, parents talking about how, how dark it was. So they basically moved the series finale episode to Nicktoons, but it was uh, at, on Nicktoons at like nine o'clock at night. Which is weird. Um, yeah. They also, uh, I think the last ten episodes were actually aired out of order. So the uh, the Wasteland episode with Raphael, which is basically a tribute to Mad Max, they actually that's actually the true serious finale. But because so many fans, I I I, I personally didn't have a problem with it. I, I love the episode. I thought it was a great ending. Uh, there was a lot of people that didn't like the ending, so what they did was they released the crossover episode with where the 80s Turtles meet the 2012 Turtles, and then they meet Shredder and Krang. And then people claimed that that, that was the true serious finale, but then uh, Cyril O'Neill came on Twitter and said, no, we're sorry, this is actually... Uh, this is actually the, the, the true serious finale, which is the, the Raphael episode. And it, it upset a lot of fans because a lot of fans like myself, uh, you know, we, I, I enjoy it when they air stuff in order. Uh, they yeah. said that it was partially on Nickelodeon's part due to low ratings, which I don't, that's the thing is that again, I'm not trying to sound, I'm not trying to sound ignorant or angry or bitter or bitter, but, I kind of call BS on the ratings because other than SpongeBob right now, Turtles was really the only thing keeping that network alive. And now that it's gone until next year, really SpongeBob is the only thing that's keeping Nickelodeon alive because they really, and I've actually looked at their schedule on Wikipedia. They really don't have anything else as far as like shows go. I mean, SpongeBob is like on, it's like, I think 10th season right now. And even it, yeah, well, like, like season four, to, it's it's something ridiculous. It's it's almost yeah. as long as Simpsons. It's like almost like Simpsons level uh, in in seasons. Yeah, even even it is starting a lot to lack in quality because I mean I've I haven't watched SpongeBob since season four just because I just don't find it funny anymore. And you know there, there's still people that watch and they, they still enjoy it. But um, as far as as far as you know the whole going back to them moving it to Nicktoons, I I don't agree with it, but I do understand why they did it. Um, another complaint that I have is, is the final, it's, it's going to have the, the Usagi Ojimbo saga, but that was earlier on. So it's going to be a whole bunch of random episodes. Now all the episodes are on the DVD, 
but they're out of order. And the the 2003 series did, did the same thing, where once season three rolled around, Fo- the Fox box kept airing all the episodes out of order, so you, act- so you actually have to go on Wikipedia, find the episode guide, take the DVD out, swap the DVD... And then it, it was yeah. just it was just a mess, and I, I I agree with Mike Webb. I do think that that somehow somewhere down the line, I still don't think it's going to happen. But somewhere down the line, we need to see a complete series of the 2003 series because a lot of people like myself were upset that they that season three was aired out of order. And yeah. you know, all the episodes are on the disc, but that's really aggravating that you have to go to like, okay. So like say for instance like like season one like season three part one has like the first five, five episodes and then like season three volume seven has like the, has like the next ten episodes so you have to keep going into your DVD collection swapping the DVDs out and it just got annoying so yeah yeah Mike I, I totally agree with you I don't know why Nickelodeon did that if I could offer a counter argument like just just on Nickelodeon's part like I can't remember where I read this. But I will look for it today so we can hopefully post it in the links. I'll send it to Rob. Uh, but I I read an article that stated that Nickelodeon intentionally aired everything out of order because when Cyril and all the animators and story writers of TMNT, the 2012 series, when they heard that Nickelodeon was going to reboot the series, they got ticked off and made the series end in a way to where nobody could pick up where they left off. So mm-hmm. the whole Mad Max thing that is yeah. supposed to be like an homage to Mad Max, they did it as a big middle finger Nickelodeon, so they couldn't reboot the series. So wow. I'm not saying that, that, that I'm not saying that, that I'm uh, right and you're wrong. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't work for Nickelodeon. No, you're fine. But, but, I, I was actually I was actually go- going to add that that episode is actually canon. Um, I did have some pro, and I won't. I won't get into spoilers, but yeah, there are some problems with it. I'm not gonna lie, there are some very major, big problems with it. Um, involving plot holes, involving certain characters that died off. Um, yeah. But overall, and this is just this is just me personally as a fan. I'm not. I'm not attacking anybody. This is just my honest opinion. I think as a whole, the 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 2012 series was done very very well. I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Think, oh, yeah. From what I've seen, some I agree. That I don't agree upon, but mm-hmm. I think overall, as, as a whole, I think the Nettian series was excellent. I think there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears poured into this show. Yeah. And I think every single actor gave 110%. Now, I did read I did read a Tumblr post yes. where someone was... I'm not going to mention who. There was somebody that was actually very angry about the final, the final episode, and I do I do agree why she was angry, because it, 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 it's basically just like, okay, there's like a wasteland, and then like Raphael and the turtles are like the only survivors, and like, we don't know what happened. Supposedly there's like this like mutagen bomb that went off, and like April's missing. They they, they do kind of pay, pay a tribute to, to Casey Jones, which is really cool. Uh, there's a nice little like b- body count Easter egg in there, um, but it it does. I'm not gonna lie, it does end on a very depressive state, and I'm not gonna lie, I ended up crying. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't bawling hysterically, but I did have a tear in my eye. Mm-hmm. But overall, I thought it was really good because the final the the final scene before the credits, you actually get to see a black and white version of the uh, the 2012 um, Leonardo. And he's holding a sign, and, and and it says uh, to 
to uh, for Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. Thank you for everything. And then it ends. So I thought that was That's a nice cool. little nod. But yeah, overall, I'm I'm, I'm rambling too much. Uh, yeah, I was upset. I hope, I hope we get a 2003 box set. Um, and I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. So. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I didn't know what to say to it. So I'm glad somebody did. <laughs> well, the thing, you know, if I could real quick, the thing with the 2003 series. Okay. The, the thing that I will say is that, yeah, everything was out of order. But, you know, it's not like Nickelodeon has made this unavailable. They didn't try to uh, pull a George Lucas and destroy all the original prints or whatever it was. I mean, everything's available <laughs> digitally. You can still buy DVD collections uh, yeah. with the Nickelodeon banner on it. They are promoting everything digitally, though, because, I mean, more yeah. people have more movies on a USB stick than they do on a shelf nowadays. And until they, like, actively try blacklisting 2003 the 2003 series um they're not doing anything negative towards it i mean i kind of think that the reason why we're not going to get about i don't think as i'm thinking about it more and more and maybe i'm wrong i hope i am because i would like to get it too honestly i would i i think we're not going to get a boxed collection of the entire 2003 series and i think the reason is because more people bought the 2000 or the 1988 series a bunch of people bought that but there's no guarantee that everybody i mean that's a guaranteed hit there's no guarantee for nickelodeon and or viacom to put a bunch of money and invest it in cataloging everything in one box printing a giant box or maybe even another green turtle van putting everything on discs and everything on blu-rays and then hoping that they pull a profit because it's not like they're not going to get money for it but they're not going to make, in my opinion, it's not going to sell as much as the 1988 Turtle Man. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I agree with you because you you got to think with the original series. There's the casual fans, you know, that that are going to be all over that. Oh my gosh, there's a series from my yeah. childhood. Yeah. But you know, I think the 2003 series. There's definitely a more of a niche market there. Yeah. I mean, I st- I still think it would you know draw a profit, but at the same time, it's not going to be if they're expecting to get the revenues that the original cartoon would get, I highly doubt yeah. that. I mean, but I'm not a businessman. I'm just, I'm just speculating. Honestly, right? for me, I'm just glad it's still on, I'm, I'm still glad it's still on YouTube. I'm surprised YouTube has Yeah, me I too. Know, yeah. <laughs> I do kind of, and you know, I'm not saying anything against Mike Webb. I, I do kind of agree where he's coming from, from a collector's point, though, because I hate yeah. having all of season one, all of season two. I don't have season three yet. Season four, five, six... And that, that's an, that's an, that's the other thing too is that the final season you can only get that in Australia. It's not available in America. So the only way that you that's get crazy. that DVD is if you buy a uh, Australian DVD player and you uh, you get back to the sewer season seven. Which that to me that kind of sucks, you know, because I'm I'm, I'm yeah. I am a collector. But as, I, I back, do think wait a minute, the I back to the sewers one. Do what? The back to the sewers one. Yeah, that's only available in Australia and the UK, I think. That's I have not that available. Downstairs. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That play- oh, Josh has I it. Play- that- <laughs> I've played it on my PS4. It works fine. I'm- oh, no, no, no. I was-, I, was- I was talking about the final season. Yeah. Oh. I mean, the last episode <laughs> is the last episode called Wedding Bells and Bites, and that's got, you know, the wedding with Casey and April. That's the last episode before Turtles Forever. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got that downstairs. That's oh, not well, you have a, do you have a do you have a region free uh, DVD player then? I play is the honestly is the PS4 region free? I think so. Well, what do you know? 
<laughs> there, there right. you go, Josh. If you, if you want to buy the DVD, go go watch it on your PS4. I'll just just go over to yeah, Josh's yeah. house. Come on over. It's a party. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but anyway, just, I mean, he's got five kids. Like, What's a few more? One last thing, you know. I, as I think, as long as it's still as it, as it's still gonna be on YouTube, I, I think that that is still at, at least at least people can still watch it because there are there are some shows that you know like 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 one of my favorite shows was uh, Jackie Chan Adventures on Kids WB. It's oh, not available. Yeah. It's not available on DVD, and the only way that you can watch it is watch it online. So, hmm. I forgot all about that show, man. That show was cool. Yeah, it was. I, like I, I used to watch that before I went to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Well, we we do have another voicemail, and this is from our good friend BJ Han. Hey guys, it's BJ Han. I just wanted to drop you online and see how things were going with the podcast. Uh, also wanted to let you know, I'm working on the 2017 Inktober TMNT awesome. fan comic, and wanted to ask for all the writers on your team, how are your fan comics and your fan writings going? <laughs> so if you would, give me a buzz. Bye. You got it. Isn't she like the sweetest person ever? Thanks, Sweet. DJ. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for, for calling, Dave. Thanks for reminding me that I'm not writing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, VJ uh, was just asking us, you know, you know how she's working on, uh, of course, she's a wonderful artist and a great friend of the show. She's been working on her Inktober stuff, and as we're recording this, it is October 28th, uh, so she's probably still drawing some stuff uh, right now. She's just a wonderful artist, and she was asking us how, you know, our projects, our little side projects are going. But we'll start with you, Josh. How How's everything going with you, man? Well, I, um, not to take too much time, but I will be very, very honest, and... I have been dealing with uh, I've been dealing with some depression. I've been dealing with uh, some various problems in my personal life. Nothing is bad between my wife and I. My kids, my relationship with me and my kids is great. Um, but I have yeah. just been I've been having a very very hard time, and I got very angry when I tried writing one day because I couldn't do it. I couldn't get the headspace going. I couldn't find my rhythm. And I completely took like all three to four hundred pages of a Ninja Turtles novel that I had written, and I completely erased all of it. And because I was just so angry at that moment that I completely ruined the entire story that I had written. Mm. So, luckily, I was able to recover the first one hundred pages. So it looks like I'm going to have to start off, start not completely from scratch, but start over again, making some fixes, making some tweaks. And, um, writing is, writing has always been very, very labor intensive for me. Sure. Um, writing is, I mean, Rob and I have discussed writing because we're both writers in our own way. Um, him more than me because he's an actual educator. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, but, uh, writing for me is something that is very intense process and I let it get the better of me. And I feel very, very embarrassed by it. I feel very bad. Uh, and I remember talking to uh, a friend of mine named Tori. She's a writer uh, who writes for... She uh, operates a website called Pop Horror. Uh, she writes about horror movies and does interviews. And she's a very, very good writer, very funny writer. And I asked her for advice. And she asked me, point blank, do you honestly love writing? It's like, I just, I don't know. And so as soon as I figure that out, I will let everyone know what I'm going to do. Um, I am trying to write 
action figure reviews because I've got plenty of them. I know one th- I, when I first started writing, uh, when I first started taking writing seriously was about seven years ago. And I was writing movie reviews. So it seems like reviews is something that I know I can do. I don't know if I can do fiction. I, I just, I don't know if I have that in me anymore. Um, so as soon as I figure that process out, um, I will, everybody will see what I have going. Um, so to anyone dealing with any kind of mental fatigue, stress, depression, take it from me. You are only going to hurt yourself. You're only going to hurt anyone around you. Yeah. Don't do anything stupid. And don't try to figure out what the severity levels of stupid are. Don't do that. Um, so just talk to someone. Get it out. Yes. You are Amen. not alone. Somebody will listen to you. Absolutely. So, don't bottle it up. Don't yeah. bottle it up. That, you know, I think a lot of times we're doing. so afraid. Yeah, that's what I had been doing. I had a very – I the reason that Rob and I had a Skype conversation a couple uh, – last week – uh, a little bit over a week ago now, I had a very bad breakdown and my wife told me that I need to get help. You know, it's just, that's something that has to happen. So, I mean, I didn't hurt anyone physically. Um, I yelled at a couple of people and I was not, I was not a happy camper. So, um, uh, I, I need to get stuff figured out. So. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm, in my opinion, I'm 34. I'm too old to be acting just so repressed and reserved. And, you know, I need to, I need to get over my own ego. So that's, so BJ to make a very long story short, sorry. Uh, I'm doing fine uh, with the writing process. It's something that's evolving every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, you, in my opinion, you write up in your head first, and then you put it down on paper. So I'm still in the uh-huh. your head section. So, <laughs> so there it is. Absolutely. Sorry, it took so long. That was the long one. No, no, very heartfelt, man. I, you know, this is the heartfelt episode. Uh, you know, every now and then we yeah. have one of these. Man so. of Steel, uh, mental fatigue. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're covering everything today. I'll tell you. No, uh, well, going back to what you originally said, uh, I, I can't answer that question for you whether you love it or not. But I love what you're writing. Um, I, I think. Your love for the characters really shines through, and I know it's a very laborious process. Yeah. It is a tough, tough thing. Writer's block is a powerful thing, and you you think – I remember you telling me one time, it's not that I want to. I need to yeah. write, to, which tells me you love it. But again, you know, I don't want to put any undue pressure on you to write. I mean this is one of those things. If you don't love it, then it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to love it first. You got to put you first in, in, in these hobbies. If you don't love it, then – don't do it, but if you if you do, you know, don't worry about stumbling on writer's block and, and things like that. And don't put too much pressure on yourself to get it done as, as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, some days it just happens, and some days it just doesn't. I mean, we're still we're still blessed with a wonderful family. We're still blessed with all these things. Yeah. So God forbid if you just struggle writing one day, I'm like, all right, well, I didn't have it today, but you know, I'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and I know I'm oversimplifying, but. I've been there, man. I've I've been there where I've stared at the computer screen. I'm like, what I just wrote is garbage. It's <laughs> yeah, garbage. Know. You know, I thought I could do this. I can't do this. Um, but uh, you know, I really appreciate you saying all that mm-hmm. stuff, man. And 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 people, you know, going back to talking to people, you got to talk to somebody. You can't bottle it up because the more you bottle it up, it's only hurting yourself. I know it sounds 
cheesy, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's like you're carrying this this whole load on your back by yourself, and eventually you just gotta let that bag go. You gotta let it go, and you, you gotta talk to somebody who won't judge you. Talk to somebody who won't belittle you. Talk to somebody who will just simply understand what you're going through. And 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 uh, and iron sharpens iron. I mean, the 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 Bible says it. I don't mean to preach, but it, it's so true. You know, you, you gotta have somebody that is like-minded that that wants to build you up not tear you down and and you know somebody who's understands or somebody who um is a friend ear you know as splinter says so uh you know i appreciate you bringing that up man very sincere of you um for me uh it's been a slow process i'm still writing um i've been writing a lot of poetry lately i've also been Uh, one of those uh, guys well (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh well, also, I've been trying to keep up with a journal mm. every day, so I'm in the rhythm of writing every single day, and I, I think that really helps. You know, just archiving what I'm doing. Excuse me, what I'm doing for the day. Yeah. And also, um, you know, it's it's been really uh, nice to kind of get some really good constructive feedback from from a lot of different people um, on my writing. Things I didn't notice I was doing. Uh, so, my goal is I'm trying to do this this story arc. Uh, trying to get the first six issues written by Christmas, and that's why I got off of Facebook. Mm-hmm. I really want to pursue that in the evenings when Grayson sleeps, but that's that's like an hour or two window, and that's it. So, you know, there, there are lots of days where I get maybe one page written, maybe not even that, and sometimes that page is garbage, but, you know, sometimes I just kind of forge through it and not take it so personal when I don't have it. Um, so my goal is to try to get at least four or five issues written by christmas and then maybe try to get the second half done by summer um and uh and that's it you know i've I've been trying to you know get these issues out there for for other eyes to see and and get some feedback that way um and bj i think has actually read one of my stories and i really appreciate you taking the time to to do that um you know your advice really means a lot to me and i we really appreciate your phone call um yeah thanks for checking up on us yeah because she's she's legit i mean she is she's really good at what she does and i i so see her drawing uh, ninja turtle comics in the future you know like like um for for idw or 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 maybe maybe even a um Indiegogo project like Origin was. I could see her doing something pretty major very soon. Yeah. So uh, she she definitely has a talent for it. I remember her telling me that if if I could get something written together, that she would be if I could muster up the change to afford her. She's like, if you can if you can get a script going on, I'll I'll help you out with it. Like, okay. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So she believes in you, man. And I remember that was about it was earlier in the year or maybe late last year, but it happened. It was said. So I remember a verbal contract is binding <laughs> in the state of Minnesota. You can probably pull it back up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep, pizza. Mm. Above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. So for today's classic tour review, or not classic, well, I guess this is classic now. I've got the uh, 2003... Uh, Raphael figure. Uh, series one was in 2003. Yes. Uh, so Raphael being my favorite turtle, this was a figure that I wanted to do when Rob told me that we were on the 2003 era. And I don't have a lot of 2003 figures. I've basically got the four turtles and I've got the dark turtles, which is pretty much all you need in my opinion. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, nobody, agent Bishop, whatever. Mm-hmm. You kind of should have. I would love to get the Agent Bishop figure. But anyway, so this figure, I will say, 
surprising amount of articulation on this figure. Um, it looks like it does have just the basic seven points of articulation, one at the neck, two at the wrists, uh, one at the shoulders, and two at the hips. But one thing that's really cool is it's not just basic ball joints like you would see um, at the shoulders and the hips. They have, they have, I think, what is called? Let me look it up. I had to look these up. Uh, they have what's called pivot joints mm-hmm. on the shoulders and the hips, which mean that the the arms can just go like straight up and straight down instead of going forward and backward like you would see on a regular action figure. So they can kind of just go vertically up like they're trying to lift something on a top shelf. And even though there's not a lot of room for them to, given the sculpt, even though there's not a lot of room for them to like fan their arms out or really do high dynamic looking kicks and everything like that. None of the action figures, even to this day really can do that because you know, just their design, uh, just their basic anatomy just won't allow for it. So basically you have a turtle, boom, sand them out like that. That's what you do with them. And you just kind of back and forth mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but I will say that the 2003 figure line for these uh, Ninja Turtles, at the very least, because that's what I have the uh, most experience with, with the Turtles themselves, I really do really, really like the fact that they harken back to the Mirage comic books. Um, you can make an argument that they're not visually distinct from any other... Uh, from the other turtles, but the fact that they were so that 2003 series for whatever fault I might find with it, it was really inspired by that artwork from the, from the 1984 Mirage comics and to me anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool to see, like you could see that like Peter Laird really dug this design. Like I think he had more to do with the design of this series than he did with the last ones because um, that was their first go around with uh, making action figures at that level, making an animated series at that level. And now that he had, you know, at that time, 88 to 2003, he had 15 years of experience. He really wanted to know, or maybe 16 years, he really wanted to make sure that he could get his voice heard and really see what he wanted on screen. So I really like that. I like the the dynamics of this character where he does he does have kind of a stylized position where his knees are bent and he's kind of leaning backwards as yeah. if he's about to deflect an attack. His bandana is, sw- is windswept. I really like that. I love the grimace on Me his too. face where like this guy's just ready for ready to hand out a beat down. <laughs> Um, hey Josh, let me ask you something. Are they all the same shade of green, or are they different colors? They're all different. Yeah, they're all different oh, awesome. shades of green. Yeah, just like that was one thing that they kept up because, especially when if you watch the uh, the uh, Turtle Power documentary, they go into the fact that they had to differentiate the turtles somehow because a big trapping of the Ninja Turtles has always been they are all you cannot identify them unless they have their weapons. You know that's... Sure. My big complaint about the TMNT Volume 4 comic is that it's black and white. I don't know what Turtle's talking unless they say <laughs> something, you know? Yeah, they do have those insignias, but I, I can't – I've not really associated them with the Turtles Nobody's yet. looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, not to argue. I'm, I'm not trying to argue, but that – I mean, I didn't even notice that he had a signal uh, – a symbol on his chest, like an ID on his chest, until they mention it in the comic. <laughs> And I wonder if that was Peter Laird saying, this is how you tell them apart. <laughs> so, 
put this in the script. Make this look black, Jim. You know? Uh, but I really do... Uh, I, I think that the color distinctions, and it's even, even the action figures nowadays, uh, when they were released in 2012, what I really love about those figures is the different height scales that they all have. They're kind of getting away from that now because the, the figure line is pretty much done. You know, they're just... Let's just do variants, make them all one height, goodbye, you know? But I like what I like about these figures is they are all different colors, kind of harkens back to the original figures. They have that Mirage-inspired look, but they're not afraid to make them look distinct. Like, they do have that Mirage vibe, especially in the face. It's mostly in the facial features, you know? I mean, those look like the Mirage comics. Uh, but these were their own figure. I never really liked how short they were, but I guess turtles have always kind of been that way, but whatever. Um, they are very, very broad looking sculpts, not the most intricate, not the, uh, but they are all pretty dynamic with their colors. Their color palette of the show was a very muted color palette, but they still use the same vibrant col- uh, colors. They just added a bit more black to it. Um, and I mean, Rob and I, I, Rob and I have discussed this on the show before. It's never going to be like the 1988 series of figures ever again. You know, it's just yeah. paint costs money. You know, mm-hmm. so the process of making paint costs money. The detailed sculpts not going to happen. Uh, that it, at least the, that detail, and I think that that has more to do with the style of the uh, the action figure line. And the cartoon or whatever media it's based on. So with this mm-hmm. one, all all the figures were very very streamlined. Uh, right. The original series were all Technicolor, and just just throw stuff on them, you know, right. and let's see what <laughs> sticks. You know, it was kind of a scatter shot, where it was like the the biggest thing that I can say is that the figures from the '88 line were kind of like a shotgun effect, and this one is basically. A uh, a rifle with one bullet going towards the target. You right. know, it was very singular. It was like this is who this character is. Raphael, no other character looks like this. You know, Rafa, even the other turtles, their faces are all different. Uh, the the uh, not just the skin colors, not just the windswept bandanas, but their intent on their facial structure is different. Where Michelangelo is all happy, Donatello's kind of got a a one-sided grin because he knows more than you and Don- and Leonardo is just stoic, you know, and Raphael's ready to fight. And that's, what's great about these figures is you get their identity more than any other. I think you get their identity more with this line of figures than you do with any of the other ones, because I'm not the biggest fan of this series, but like taking a good, honest look at it, you really get who the turtles are with this line of figures. You really, it's really like they're, they're almost wearing name tags. You know, right, it's really right. cool. So, but I like it. I would recommend finding them. You can find them. I bought these on Amazon. Knowing what I know now about how retailers kind of price shark on Amazon more than they do on eBay, go on eBay if you can do that or go flea marketing or whatever. You know, I would recommend that you at least get the four turtles and I would recommend that you get the four dark turtles. Really like both of them. That being said, can't wait to review the movie because I'm going to review the the movie Turtles again, you know, because I've got a couple extra ones, a couple of uh, other movie, 2007 movie figures that I want to talk about. But uh, knowing that we were going to 
this is the game changing TV episode. Hopefully for me, you know, hopefully <laughs> I, I think come so. Out with like, <laughs> hopefully I'm gonna, you know, after this episode, I'm gonna tattoo 2003 on my forehead. I don't really know yet, <laughs> uh, but I would recommend getting these figures. You know, I'd give these eight showbacks out of ten because wow. I, I, I really, you know, they won me over. I hadn't honestly, they're on a shelf and I hadn't paid attention to them in a, probably about a year. I actually you know. really do like the 2003 figures. I like I like them that they're just like the perfect blend between the the figures themselves. Now the box art that's a different thing, but the figures themselves are a perfect blend between the classic figures and then the Nickelodeon figures. I mean, you still still get kind of the stances of the classic figures, but there's more articulation. They um I, I like like you said that the swinging headband or the the blowing headband. Yeah. I, they just look gorgeous. I love those figures and I see them a lot. Um, in yard sales. So for those of you, you know, who are around a lot of yard sales, I'm sure a lot of these, these figures are out there because let's face it, 2003, you know, when, when the kids had them, they're all grown adults now. <laughs> so, you know, these, these turtles, it? it's crazy yeah. now. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Cause if you think about it, that was 14 years ago when that series oh. premiered. We're getting old, man. We are old. <laughs> We're all old. Uh, I know it. I know it. Well, speaking of old, <laughs> what do you say we review some old turtles? You know, go well, out. They're old in age. <laughs> they're not old, man. I'm older than these turtles. This sucks. Well, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of old, it's Josh O'Rourke now. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. Station. It's done. It's over. Uh-huh. It's done. Uh, that's that's funny. Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Well, all right, guys. Well, today we are covering, we return to the volume four, um, the, or the fourth volume. And I actually thought we were on issue 10, but we are not. We are on issue nine. And um, for those of you who might not remember, in issue eight, some crazy things were happening. Let me pull up my show notes real quick so I can I make sure I get this right. Um, so... Let me get the specs out of the way. So this particular issue, issue 9, was published in April of 2003, which is kind of cool because the episode of the cartoon we're watching was also in April of 2003. So the writing, the lettering, the inking, and toning was all done by Peter Laird. Layouts and pencilings done by Jim Lawson. Uh, Eric Talbot also helped with the inking. And the cover painting was done by Mike Dooney. And production assistance was by Dan Berger. So a little bit of background information on the issue. Um, Baxter Stockman actually makes an interesting appearance in this this issue. I can't wait to talk about it. I was but shocked. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I can't wait to get to that. But the last time we'd actually seen Baxter, um, or at least we see the, the destruction that Baxter um, suffered, was way back in Volume 2, Issue 9. So it's been quite some time since we've seen Baxter in this form um, in the comics, You know, which we'll talk about soon. Um, in the last issue, we found out that April is not actually the biological daughter of her parents. Through kind of a creepy way they did it, they went to a graveyard and got a DNA sample of her parents and to see if that DNA sample matched April's. And we find mm-hmm. out that April is not related to her parents, and April is not related, obviously, to her sister Robin. Um, mm-hmm. So we're wondering why that is. What, what's April's origin at this point? Weird. And, and, very weird. Very weird stuff. And then... Yeah. Uh, Kleinor, I guess that's how you say it, he's the Utram scientist. This is still in the last uh, issue. He then mm-hmm. says that her relation might be more serious, but we don't really know what that means. 
And then at the end of that issue, April starts to spasm uncontrollably. And apparently the uh, nanobots that Stockman infected April with way back in volume two are beginning to tear her apart. So that's mm-hmm. how the last issue ends. And then this one picks up kind of randomly. Um, and the jungle of Venezuela. Welcome uh, to Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know what? Welcome funny? to Jurassic Park. That, that, that you mentioned that, that that's the whole vibe that I got from the first ten pages of it. I'm like, dude, this is like Jurassic Park meets Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it really is. Right, and like this is the disaster at the park before Doctor Grant gets there to to assess everything. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Oh, it's and, and you know, really, it's kind of a frightening intro to the uh, issue because it's pretty gruesome the way yeah. these raptors tear these Utrams apart. But uh, bottom line is you get these uh, three Utrams. I, how, what were their names? I, I, I can't remember their names. No, um, no, no. Omar, Mo, Larry, and Curly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no. It was like, it's uh, Captain Glonar is one of them. Uh, uh, Sh- Sh- Schuster? On? I think that's the other one. Yeah, and, yeah. And one more, uh, Thorak. Yes, and um, unfortunately, uh, they, they they are made short work of real quickly. But guys, uh, this is what I wanted to ask you. I remember they referenced something that had happened in the woods early on in the series, or you know, in a um, foreign land early on in the series. Mm-hmm. Is this the same spot they're going to? Um, I have remember no they saw idea. something. I am so far behind uh, than you guys on the Mirage comics right now. Yeah, the, the the last time that we read a Mirage issue was like three months ago. I know it's and been I'll, a long time. I'll be honest; I haven't read these since then, so I, <laughs> have, I would have to go back because this this issue really captured my interest, man. Because I was kind of, you know, just kind of if it. I don't know, wishy-washy on it, if you want to say that, because every well, issue... Sure, because the last two issues were slow. It. Yeah, you know, the last issue I didn't... I, I'm sorry, I just did not like it at all with the fake... Sure. The big superhero Ninja Turtles, I just didn't like their dialogue, like their look, didn't like the way they talked. <laughs> you know, and it was just like, can we get somewhere, please? And yeah. now we're getting somewhere. With this issue, it really changed my opinion, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah this issue really picks up its pace, where the, la- the, the last one, of course, the ending was interesting... Um, but you know, there, there's been kind of lulls in some of the pacing and that was one of the main criticisms, but I, I didn't mind it, but I know a lot of people that would write the turtle tracks feedback, which hopefully we'll get to in a minute. Um, uh, there's been some criticism on the pacing, but this one is really quick paced. I thought, but, um, so anyways, these Utrams get to this Venezuelan Island and they're, they're investigating this, this particular site, but within the second page, uh, we already see there's trouble. All right, so these Utrams, by the way, they look amazing. Jim Lart's art style with with Peter Laird's shading looks phenomenal. Um, they they are immediately attacked by these raptors who happen to talk like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. I was just thinking <laughs> that, yeah, my precious. I was like, what is up with that? My precious <laughs> meatsies. Yeah, meatsies. Yes, <laughs> sweet uh, meatsies. Oh, it's creepy. Yeah, so these these raptors, they start tearing up these Utrams right away. I mean, it's not like, let's investigate for half the issue, and then they get attacked. No, as soon as they get off the spacecraft, they are attacked by these things. So they are extremely hostile, extremely aggressive, and they rip these Utron bodies to shreds quick. So, uh, you know, great scenes. Of course, Jim Lawson always does a phenomenal job with dinosaur artwork. Love his artwork here. Um, <laughs> he, he tears up, up uh, all of the, the Utrams, but except one gets away in his ship. I like the one, by the way. He tried to. Right, right. Yes, he he gets into a ship. They eat the ship. 
<laughs> I know. That's how aggressive these guys are. They're eating a spaceship. <laughs> they're eating a spaceship. Oh, and there's one scene on page eight. I just want to talk about it real quick. This is such a gross scene where the raptor literally grabs one of the Utrams. <laughs> he, he severs the, the top half of the Utram. And then he grabs the the bottom half with one claw, and then with his other claw, rips the the brain out of the bottom half of the body. And it's so gross looking. There's even a rip sound effect. And I'm like, oh! And, and he goes, juicy little meatses. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> yeah, tosses them into his mouth like it's a popcorn He's or something. Like, yeah, like it's a piece of popcorn. I was just thinking that. I was like, no. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's like the uh, episode of The Office when Michael Scott, Pam, and uh, Brian are, are oh, tossing cheese puffs. cheese puffs into each other's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that. They make a game of it. Yeah, I know. They're it's like crazy. Bouncing, banking them off walls and eating cheese puffs. Right. And then on uh, page 11, oh, it's so funny because uh, they're so gory, I should say, because, uh, you know, th- this one is cornered. He finally he's trying to crawl up a tree and he can't make it. Yeah. The, the raptor spots him. He goes, there you are, my precious, my sweet, tasty meatses. And it's a close-up on his mouth, and you just – it doesn't show up, but you know he's gone. Oh, yeah. You've and then the, getting eaten from first person. It's horrifying. Oh, <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. Great, great artwork. So, uh, you know, uh, what was his name? Glonar? Is he the last one alive? Or is it uh, Solston? Uh, I can't remember. Captain Glonar. Yeah, that's the one who's alive. He yeah, goes Captain. to his spaceship. And he's trying – he's communicating. He's like, guys, this was a mistake. Uh, there are some strange, hostile creatures here. It says – we were attacked by large carnivorous saurian creatures of unknown origin. They, and then all of a sudden you get a shot of them, like you said, Josh. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven raptors biting the spaceship, tearing it apart, and the poor guy can't get away. So the spaceship falls back to the earth just before it was about to take off. Falls back to the earth, and one of the dinosaurs breaks through the door and devours that guy. And all you see is I. So I guess he's gone. <laughs> so page 15 we get a cutaway to new york city and i actually like this scene what about you guys this this scene was really good it really caught me off guard though because it's not really something you see in tmnt where no. Donald basically just exiting a bus and everybody's just like oh hey, yeah right well that's the beauty of it this is a whole new dynamic in volume four where the turtles are actually allowed to be out in public because aliens are so publicly accepted now so yeah. everyone just assumes they're aliens, and I love that. What a cool, what a cool dynamic. They don't have to hide in the shadows anymore. Yeah. And I really, really like Donatello in this issue. He he's got a whole new. I hate to use the word dynamic again, but a whole new dynamic. I mean, he he really does. I I think he's he's very sweet. He's very calm, and I love the way one of these little girls she she walks up to him while Donatello's admiring the Mac, like we hinted to a little bit earlier. Yeah, uh, those Apple guys sure know how to do hardware. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says, yeah. yeah. And this little girl, who happens to look a lot older than she's in second grade, but this little girl walks up to her and goes, you know, what planet are you from? And Donato's like, you know, he's playing it off because, you know, he doesn't want to give anything away. He says, I'm sorry, but I can't tell you that. It's classified information. Uh, yeah. It's secret. Uh, but she goes, you know, eventually they talk a little bit. And I love Raphael, or I'm sorry, uh, Donatello, kind of hunching down and just really talking to her. Yeah. Just like a nice guy. And he goes, cool, I- I'm in second grade, and I'm going to be an astronaut when I grow up, after I go to Yale like my mom and dad. And Donatello gives her some advice. He goes, those are excellent goals, Rachel. Just remember to do all your homework. And I know it's cheesy, but I like it. I- I- it reminds yeah. me of something like Superman would say. I don't know why, but to bring it back to the Man of Steel, it's yeah. something he would say. Well- <laughs> Dude, 
you you're gonna rue the day you had me podcast about that movie. You just wait. So <laughs> I'm telling. Well, you know, we got opposing opinions on that that movie. I love Superman. I don't like that movie. Uh, you know, but don't worry. Uh, day. Don't worry. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. now Josh loves it. Defender. Another podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. So, but I, I really do. I just want to comment really quickly. I do like you mentioned Donatello's dynamic. It, it is. It's a character shift because, like, Don, the boy, it is the yeah. turtle. For those that don't remember, the turtles in this series are in their thirties now. Yeah, Donatello from the first volume of Mirage wouldn't have stopped to talk to a little kid because he was such an introvert. That that's true. Yeah, he just wouldn't do it. And now that he's older, he's like, you know, hey, how you doing? What's up? Yeah, he just kind of stops smell the roses a little bit and just talks to people. Not it's pardon the pun, but he's come out of his shell, you know. Yeah, that's true. Really that's true. That was a good pun. He has developed his See Rob, my puns are good. But uh <laughs> but uh he's he has accepted who he is. He's accepted his place in the world and you know, he's he's just enjoying what he can. You know, that's that's what I like about it. Me too. Me too. And it's all thanks to what Pierre Lair did here. I mean, you know, this scene would have not existed had he not been able to actually walk out in the open, you know? So I liked, I really like the, the spin on everything here. So anyways, we don't really know why he's wandering the streets at this point. Um, but eventually he finds this, this sewer opening. He's obviously familiar with where he's going. Like, mm-hmm. he, he knows. He, he's looking for this. He finds this opening and goes, oh, this should do nicely. Goes into the sewers. And now we know that he's trying to find this particular place. And he says, I haven't been here in a while, but I think... Yes, here it is. So he wanders around. He finds this secret door in the sewer. He clicks this little, it's like almost like it's a garage door. He clicks this little button, opens the door, and lo and behold, it's like the secret workshop and Baxter's robotic body from Volume Two. I mean, it's half, half gone, but he's still alive thanks to Donatello. Donatello's been keeping him alive ever since the events that happened in Volume Two. It's crazy. That, he like, kept you him know, in the dark by himself for like by himself. Years. Could you imagine? I know, Jeez. right? Now, real quickly, is this the layer from the first volume when, when after the Mausers attacked it? Ah, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. But he does have a Mouser in the background. Oh, you yeah. see it, and a Triceratops. He's got Triceratops weaponry, everything in there. Yeah. Like so the, once again, oh sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut no, you. No, like ahead. this is his bat cave here, you know. It's... Right. I was gonna say, what if this wasn't like the sewer layer? What if this was just his own, own private like study that yeah. none of his brothers know about? That's that adds a whole dynamic to Donatello, almost like a Doctor Frankenstein dynamic in a way, but but in a non evil way. It's just like he had good intentions to keeping Baxter alive. Although he left him in the dark for quite some time. <laughs> and this is also something that he's never told his brothers about. His brothers don't right. know Baxter's alive. They don't even know. That's what I'm saying. So he, he's been carrying that secret for all these years. And he keeps carrying it. He doesn't tell them about Baxter. No, yeah. even though they're suspicious. Right. Uh, so you got Baxter. he's got Baxter hanging up here. And Baxter, to his credit, He's not all that upset. He's just like, oh, yep, it's been four years, seven months, 12 days, six hours, and 42 minutes. No, wait, make that 43 minutes since I've seen you again. Uh, Donatello's only excuse is, hey, I've been busy, Baxter. <laughs> so he, he sits he sits down. I don't want to say the whole conversation, but he's the whole reason he's there is he wants to know why. What's the motivation for Baxter to put these nanobots in April? And, and and is there any way that he can stop them from destroying April? And this is this is the interesting part for me. 
Baxter says, I certainly hope her suffering is great. She betrayed me, you know. Why should I help her now? Mm-hmm. So, wow. Like, even then, even then with all these years gone by, he still doesn't regret the decisions he's made. Uh, on page 22, we get this kind of montage where it says, For the next hour, Donatello attempts to reason with Stockman. He appeals to Stockman's humanity, however stunted and shriveled. He tries to persuade, to cajole, to coerce. In growing frustration, he rages, screams, and finally, inevitably, admits defeat. And guys, I mean, Josh, why don't you explain this scene? Because it's pretty crazy. So, um, as he's talking to Baxter Stockman, trying to figure out how to stop the nanobots that are slowly killing her, he just loses his uh, he loses his temper on Baxter Stockman. Which is so uncharacteristic of Donatello. Yeah, like he doesn't Boy, have a no temper. Kidding. He doesn't even know he has the temper to lose. But even the way he does it is a completely Donatello thing to do. Like he's just he just gets up, doesn't say a word, picks up a rifle, a triceraton laser, and just obliterates yeah. Baxter Stockman. And because he knows that there's there's no answers here, he's smart enough to realize there's no answers. He's getting no yeah. Baxter's one. You know, now we just have to figure out. And the reason why Baxter is so just confident is because, like, it it kind of harkens back to his origins, where like his father taught him um, discipline by teaching him how to play chess and waiting for your move and learning what your opponents are going to do. And so this is just his. This is his uh, checkmate here. It's just the the ultimate defeat of the turtles is killing April. You know, like their best friend. You know, so but Thaddeus, Thaddeus, what are you thinking about Baxter here? I thought this was very well done. Um, this sort of reminds me of how Baxter is sort, and without going into spoilers, uh, this sort of reminds me how of how Baxter is treated in like the 2003 series in a way. Like I said, I, like I'm I'm far behind, so I don't really know how he got his body. Or anything, um, but I thought this was really well done. This is something uh, that you don't really see from Donatello, and he just, you know, like you said, he's just got tired of, you know, nothing happening, and just took matters into his own hands. Um, and I, I, I do kind of like that scene where he's just like, "Goodbye, Baxter. May you rot in hell." You know, and oh, I know, it's crazy. Like that, you know, coming. That seems like that would be something that like Raphael would say. But oh, yeah. I thought it was handled very well on this issue. So, 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 let me ask you this. I mean, do you think he was justified in doing that? I mean, do you, do you think? Uh... Yeah, yeah, probably because I, I think I think Baxter is just one of those people that just kind of gets in your head, and he's just gonna do whatever it, ca- it takes to just break somebody down. To where they're just, mm-hmm. they feel like they're helpless, even especially even in the like the 2003 series where um, you know Baxter is actually a reoccurring villain. You know when you when you think he's down and out, he keeps he keeps coming back like the Shredder, and yeah. uh, you know there there've been there've been times where he messed with the turtles' heads, and he's just like, oh well, no matter what you do, I'm, I'm just going to keep coming back stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, I, I did think that uh, that Baxter's overall personality was. Um, handled very very well in this uh, in this issue. Yeah, I, I found it fascinating that Baxter never would relent at all. Like he's like, yeah, I'm not telling you anything. You go ahead and kill me. I'm not telling you anything. Right. You know. So no no matter what, I mean, there's always that that part in the back of your mind. I think 
to think, especially what IDW has done, to think, well, maybe there's some good to Baxter. Maybe maybe he can be reasoned with. But in this particular volume, doesn't seem that way at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there goes the end of a story arc there. We never really knew why he put the nanobots in her in the first place and why now will the, would the nanobots be affecting her? You know, why so many years later than volume uh, two? Because so it does make you wonder a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Honest, that's because volume it. two was can't. This is why I don't like reading these comics as an adult because it's like, oh, well, duh, legal issues. So, <laughs> so uh, Donatello, he returns back to the turtles who are very suspicious. They're like, dude, where have you been? It's been hours. And Donatello kind of brushes it off and says, look, I, I needed to talk to somebody, uh, but, you know, we don't need to talk about that right yeah. now. So anyways, uh, the scientist, um, was it Glorin? Glorin and – I think Glorin was a doctor. And there was another Utron that had a crazy idea, the only idea to really help April. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, he examines the nanobots on page uh, – hang on. I think it's page 30, okay. page 30. And we get a close-up of the nanobots, and they look like little beetles. And they were actually supposed to be designed for good. And, you know, to, to help with maybe any diseases, anything like that. They're, they're small enough to fit in the bloodstream and take care of any ailments. However, Baxter has reprogrammed them for evil deeds. So uh, one of the science scientists, Utrams, can't remember his name, he says, we tried everything else. We, we've tried to eradicate these nanobots, but they are smart. They adapt to the treatments we're trying yeah. to do. So the only thing we can do is fight fire with fire. And... <laughs> And he shows the them uh, the nano turtle bots. I was like, oh, my gosh, seriously? But, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. That's how the page ends. On page 32, we get a, uh, you know, whole page of the nano turtle bot. And apparently he's going to use these to fight off the nanobots that are inside April. And that's where this particular issue I love ends. what Raphael so, says. He says, hey, Don, that thing looks like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, what a dork. That thing looks like you. Uh so I'll go ahead and give my opinions real quick, and then uh, uh, I'd love to hear yours. But I really, really enjoyed this issue. I think this is one of the better ones yeah. so far. Um, I would give it an 8 out of 10 for the simple fact that we get a really, really cool, lots of dynamics of Donatello that we never knew about. You know, his secret kind of science lab, the fact that he does have some anger, some rage, um, and he does make some pretty, pretty dramatic decisions here. Um, so there's a lot he's carrying that the, his brothers don't know about. I love that. I love that they call back to um, the foreign species in Venezuela. So there was a callback to one of the earlier issues, but I can't really remember I what it I happened. I have no clue. <laughs> it's been a while. And uh, and lastly, I love that actually a main villain, it seems this way, has died, has been killed. Yeah. I mean, we're talking we're talking the second biggest villain in the series. I mean, you think of the original comics. Issue two, the next villain, Baxter Stockman. Yep. According to volume four, it looks like he's dead. But, you know, of course, with villains, you know, sometimes they come back. Uh, so pretty powerful scene here. Um, I have, so I have, I, overall, I really enjoyed it. I have a quick question for you, Rob. Uh, sure. How much, how far into volume four have you read? I have not read every issue, but I've read, I'd say, at least 20 to 25 issues okay. i think i've not i've not gone up to 32 isn't that the last one yes thanks so. yeah yeah i've not gotten up to that one I've uh, but all, i've read all the tales yeah because i've got them all up to like issue 24 i think it is because and everything from okay. 24 and 20 and 32 from 24 to 32 they're stupid expensive and i'm not buying them but 
I was curious if Baxter, if you don't mind, you can blur, you can uh, cut this out. But does Baxter come back? I think, I think he does. Um, How? Hang on. <laughs> Just... uh, well, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think so... uh, Mark Pellegrini said something like he does make an appearance. Okay, hang on. Uh, it says here, uh, where is it? Baxter's body was destroyed and his brain was missing. And vo- okay, that's volume two. Um, depending on which continuity you you ascribe to, Baxter Stockman was last seen in either Donatello the Brain Thief, issue four. I don't even know what that is. Uh, looks like that was a one shot uh, that was published in December 9th of 2009. But see, I don't know if that is that might not be canon. a flashback. Yeah. Right, right. But it's it's got Jim Lawson's artwork. Uh, story and pencils by Jim Lawson. So it almost looks like it's a uh, Tales issue, but it's not. Okay. But, but uh, yeah, but you're right. It might yeah. not be canon. Okay. Uh, and then it looks like, yeah, that that's all we know except for. Oh wait. Hey, Andrew Modine, right here. Um, it says that. Uh, for volume three, issue twenty five, which wasn't that like his ending of the series? Yeah, the image. Yeah. So, Baxter's in that issue. So I don't know if he comes back alive in that one or what happens, but. Mm. Uh, yeah, he that was published on February twenty. Wait a minute, let me find out. Yeah, but that was volume February three, that, of two thousand twelve. That was volume three, though. Right, 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 right. In that volume, see, in volume four, besides that one I just told you about with Jim Lawson, yeah. I don't know if that's considered volume four. Okay, he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't show up again. At least that I know of. Because I know that volume three. I mean, to all the creators, volume three isn't canon. So yeah, some crazy stuff. So uh, so what about you, Josh? What would you give this issue? You know what I would aside from admittedly kind of a slow it, it's the same it's the same uh gripe I have with all of these books and it's not a negative gripe I mean there's just so much dialogue that it does weigh the issues down but you can't go wrong with dinosaurs eating brains you know I mean it, it's pretty cool <laughs> like it uh Donatello fan favorite character he is subconsciously everyone's favorite ninja turtle you see you see <laughs> sides of his personality that honestly surprised me i didn't i mean in a good way i didn't know that he was capable of this you know because like i think all of us kind of think of donatello as that one turtle that's kind of a monk he's just not a violent dude you know yeah and in this one it shows what he's capable of he's still not violent but he's capable of it uh but i i really like it i'd give this one a solid like a solid eight eight out of ten i enjoy it it's really cool. Mm-hmm. It, we're getting somewhere finally. the the <laughs> it, the The pistons are moving now. You know, every the the engines getting started. I like it. Yeah, me too. Me too. What about you? And Daddy? then turtle bots, turtle nanobots, whatever. <laughs> uh, I think for me alone, I'm gonna have to give this a ten. Um, mainly because wow. mainly because I haven't read. This is the only issue of the volume four that I've read. Um, just the interaction between Donatella and Baxter alone. Um, the way that this just starts off where it's, you know, for, for me, you know, for me, like I, I, I know who the Uchams are, but I don't really know like why they're in Venezuela. It was never really specified. You know, the scenes where like the Raptors were, were eating them was just crazy. It's not something that I would, that, that I was expecting. This kind of makes me want to go back and see, like how Baxter actually got his um, cyborg suit. So I'm really curious about that. Um, But overall, I thought this was really good. I thought this was, 
a actually this I thought this was this was a pretty good Donatello issue as well since it kind of yeah. focused on Donatello alone and uh, for that yeah I'm only gonna have to give this a perfect score. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, real, real quickly, I want to read just just one thing because it really had me curious here. Um, it's just from Turtle Tracks. It's one of the letters here. It's a real brief one. Here's what the guy said. His, his name is Neil. He wrote in and asked, Peter Laird, uh, what do you mean Hallmark TV movie? Are we going to see another TMNT movie? Is there going to be another TMNT movie? Uh, and then here's Peter Laird's answer. If all goes well, and I'm beginning to think it will, Hallmark will be producing a two-part live-action TV movie to be shown in two two-hour segments sometime in 2004. So, I never even heard of this. Yeah, where did that go? Before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I really wonder what happened there. I'd love to do some more research on that because I did not even know that was supposed to happen. I should have read the Turtle Tracks before this issue, but... Um, yeah, I'd love to find out more. So if anyone knows the story behind that, you know, what the the vision behind that movie was going to be and, um, you know, what ultimately happened to where it wasn't aired, please let us know. And if it has aired, why hasn't anyone told us? <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely uh, uh, Google that out after the show and see if I can post it to the group page. Yeah, yeah. And any listeners, please, we'd love to learn more. There's a lot of uh, really hardcore fans out there that probably know more than – that most definitely know more than we do. Uh, please let us know. I was, I was trying to see where it was on here. There was something that I want to read real quick if I can find it. Um, oh, here we go. Um, there was a guy um, by the name of uh, – it's got kind of a weird name uh, – Twig Django. And he was writing in about – supposedly he didn't know if uh, Peter Laird was going to kill off Shadow in the, in the comic <laughs> And um, he he ended up writing something like uh, like Hey, first of all, I, I like the new show on. He's he's talking about the uh, the 2003 series. I, I like the new show on the Fox Box. It, it's great. And even though I don't really like the different colored mask things, it's still a good show. And then he said, um, second, no offense to Jim Lawson, but he should he should just stick to drawing the turtles and the Utrams and not focus on the human characters. <clears throat> And Peter Lair got kind of offended because he goes, um, it really crack, cracks me up when someone begins with, quote unquote, no offense, but dot, 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 <laughs> and then proceeds to blithely give offense. Why even bother? <laughs> saying, no offense. It's a little bit. Weak. That's so true. It's almost as if people think that by saying that that phrase gives them the carte blanche to be as mean, cruel, thoughtless and offenses and offensive as they want to. It's like the people insult and demean you and then say, oh, ha, 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 just kidding. That makes that doesn't make right. it any better. Along these same lines, I wish people would stop using the phrase, with all due respect, to, to preface comments, which then go to show absolutely no respect for the original creators who worked on these as directed. Yeah. Right. yeah. I've never... I've I've read a lot of stuff on Peter Lair's blog, but yeah, I've never seen like something like this written to him. That's kind of it's kind of weird. Yeah, it, it, you know, and I mean, to each their own. You know, I mean, if you don't like certain art, I mean, you're, you're nothing's gonna con- nothing is gonna convince you otherwise. You know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, if you don't like it, that's your prerogative. But I mean, that Jim Lawson, he works hard, man. That's just his art style. I mean, if you're you're not okay with that then this isn't the comic for you because peter laird was yeah. not going to change it right you know so i mean you know deal with it 
Right, and kudos to uh, the ter- the um, Peter Laird and and you know they they didn't just put all the flattering things that were said about their comic issues on the Turtle Tracks thing. Mm-hmm. They they put some of the pretty rough uh, criticisms that were on it. So that's how I actually learned about you know all the complaining with the pacing and things like that. I would read the letters, and that was the main criticism that people had was the pacing mm-hmm. and and just some minor things, but. Uh, yeah. You know, they didn't shy away from it. They addressed it directly, and I, I think that's the classy thing to do. And um, yeah. and I'm with Peter Laird for sure on, on those theories, too. I mean, I don't know why people say no offense, and then they say something offensive. Yeah. Or with all due respect, and then they completely disrespect. You know, I, I just think, don't even preface it with that. Just just be honest if you, if you feel that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that that's a good answer. I like that. And yeah. you know what? I like how Peter Laird did not resort to name-calling about the guy who wrote that in. You know, he... He, but he didn't have to do that. He could have obliterated yeah. this guy if he wanted to. And he, he, that's Peter Laird. That dude is a class act, man. You know, so. Yeah. I hope yeah, one of these days we can talk of, to him. See that, see that, because I know last month when I was helping Andrew Modine promote his uh, TMNT Origin comic, there were a lot of people that just said, oh, well, this comic's going to suck because Jim Lawson is, you know, illustrating it. And really? And I was just like, dude, like, this story is. And, and like that's the thing was that like not just Jim Lawson was working on it, it was Andrew Modine. It was a lot of veteran people that worked on the original Mirage comics. Yeah, and I felt I felt kind of uh, and I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna name any names, but I felt kind of bad for Andrew Modine because you know, you know he is a big fan of the original Mirage comics and he wanted to and like TMT Origin isn't really a, a conclusion. I know that Odyssey is like the true conclusion. Um, but anyway, yeah, there were a lot of people that were just like, well, I'm not going to support this because Jim Lawson's like, dude, oh my goodness. Like, dude, really? Well, it teaches on, he happens to be my favorite that, artist. So, you know, you know, the own. thing with me was that, you know, when, when I first got, cause I actually own, um, IDW's, uh, re- reprint of like the tales of the TMNT, like volume one. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Like when I first saw the art, it kind of threw me off, but you know what? Like once I actually read it and actually got into the stories, I actually thought it was really good. But, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, it's 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 totally fine if somebody doesn't like art, you know, like so, somebody's certain art, because, you know, how many IDW Tim and T artists are there? There's like, what, close to like 50 now? There's about 10 of them. Yeah, it <laughs> <laughs> seems that way. And, you know. Yeah, teach his own. Like, everybody's going to have, like, their personal favorite. Like, like for me, like, I, I like Mateus Sanaloku. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to go go and say, Oh well, this guy sucks because he's not like Mateo Santaluca. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Santaluco draws my. That's when I think of turtles. That's what I think of is his artwork. That's how good it is. It's overtaken everybody's. Yeah. But the first issue of anything that had Jim Lawson uh, to do with it was the Rat King issue. You're not gonna convince me that he's a bad artist because first off, I'll attack you with logic. If he was bad at art, he wouldn't be drawing comic books. You know, yeah, especially that many of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry to tell you, but he also created my favorite character in pretty much every turtle fiction. You're not yeah. going to convince me that he's bad at his job, you know? Yeah, and he's a strong writer, too. He's my a, goodness. I would say that his writing is a little bit better than his artwork because his he writes he writes in a way that makes him draw better, you know? I mean, there's something special about him drawing a comic that he wrote. You know, it's it, mm-hmm. it is a bit better. But you know what? It's you want to talk about artwork. You draw a comic book and see if you can get. <laughs> oh, here he goes. You know, I mean, you, you, you it's people. Hard. You want to talk bad about comic books? You don't even write freaking comic books. Come on. 
it, it's it's a lot of hard work. It's yeah. uh, I, I can't I, yeah. I can barely even draw a stick figure. And you know, I I actually <laughs> bought the, uh, the the how to draw uh, TMNT review on it. That little uh, how how to draw yeah, yeah. yeah the comic. comic. Mm-hmm. I actually even even though you know it's an easy step by step guide, there were there were times where I'm just like, man, my my work looks like crap. I'm never gonna be as good <laughs> as Eastman and Laird. And but yeah. you know that's the thing with art. You know you got you got to practice at it. You know you can't just say I'm gonna be good in one day because that's that's with that's like with anything. You got to you know you practice makes perfect. You just got to keep at it. But well, fellas, all I gotta say is just look at our Turtle Flakes logo. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. <laughs> That's Jim Lawson, man. I'm getting that stuff framed, and I'm going to put it up in my bathroom. It is awesome. <laughs> you're gonna look at Turtle yeah, Flakes yeah, every time I'm on the pot. There it is. Uh, uh, there you go. So there you go. You can think of me every time you're taking of care of business. So. <laughs> so, uh, well, guys, uh, uh, you know, just a, just a real quick side note. Go check out Box City Wallops if you've not checked it out. Uh, that was one of Jim Lawson's latest projects, and it's a kind of a different spin on superheroes. I love it. Got the first two issues. Um, I know he's got four out now. Go check them out uh, if if you get the chance. Hey, Raph, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah. Convince me to keep going with 2003. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I'll go ahead and set us up real quick. Um, you guys got the link. Uh, and let me... Yeah, boy, Grayson's fired up. Uh, let's see. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> All right, guys. So today we are watching a good one. Come here, Gray. I got my little my little boy here with me. You want to watch the cartoon with Daddy? He's a, he's a cartoon. <laughs> uh, so this episode is the Shredder. The, let me start that over. The Shredder Strikes Part One, and this is episode ten of season one uh, from the two thousand three cartoon. Really excited about this because there's a lot of firsts in this episode. First appearance of Hamato Yoshi. Uh, first appearance of Shredder in his armor. Um, some really crazy stuff. Here. So this episode first aired on April 12th of 2003. It was written by Michael Ryan, and it's on YouTube if you want to watch it with us. I'll try to provide a link in the show notes. So what do you say we guys we jump right into this, guys? What do you yep. think? Yeah, sounds there. good. All right, well, I'll do my countdown. So uh, we'll click play in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and click. Oh, in our ninja right training... Master Splinter is constantly telling us that when given... I like how they always start off narrating in the first person. Right. See, I always get Leo's voice and Don's voice mixed up, so I'm assuming this is Leo's because he's one of the main characters. Gotcha. The harder path always seems to choose you. There he is, with thunder and all. I always, I, I always have to smile when I see Shredder in this show because they do the Mahjong... Oh, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, Japanese. <laughs> We're gonna make a racist joke here. Oh. <laughs> By the way, listeners, my son is fascinated with Superman. I got a Superman picture my my wife gave me for my birthday, and he he lo- he points at it every time. Come on, bud. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's watch Turtles together. Say turns. Thaddeus, how do you like this intro, man? You know, it, it it took me a while to to get used to, it, but I think it, I think it's really grown on me, like yeah. over the years. My daughter Danica sings this song all the time. Oh, does she? <laughs> yeah, she likes this one. She's got good taste. Oh, I do too. I think it's got Still one. I think it's got one verse too many, but that's about it. 
I got you. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, that first episode theme is an icon. You know, you you you're not gonna get better at it. So, right, Write, that's writing true. another one is hard. <laughs> yeah. Cool little sparring session here. I like how Leo actually gets his moment in, in this uh, this uh, episode. Yeah. So why? Oh, and Josh, you'll appreciate this, man. Uh, I think there's a scene in this episode where Leonardo's katanas actually cut through somebody else's blades for once. Oh boy! Instead of his blades getting cut in half. <laughs> what did I tell you? Double katana? Pretty sweet, huh? Nice one, Leo. Uh, lucky. Not so lucky for my tail. It just got kicked. Well, fuck Leonardo. That was kind of a bad line. <laughs> Not so lucky for my tail. It was a little forced. <laughs> you have but, you know, kids say dumb stuff, well, so we're going to tell you. Sure, sure. You know, I think Splinter's surprisingly aggressive right here, but uh, but I, I, I like his character in this, in this episode. You know what I will say? I do like this version of Splinter because of all of them up until the 2012 series, this was the one that, like, was willing to get in the fights. I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, he did the most dirty work in this series because as much as I love Pete Renaday's Splinter in the original show, he really didn't do anything outside of that. He very rarely ventured out of the sewers. Well, he did in the first season. Remember when he went? Uh, oh yeah, he the totally took out he got Shredder and, and uh, in the Technodrome. But like after that first season, he very rarely got out of the sewers. Attack me with your katana. Ah, that's very true. Yeah. Master Splinter, I do it now. I know uh, Josh never. Josh uh, Witt, Jay Weezy never cared for his voice. What does he know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Big data, whatever. Such as myself again. Uh, yeah, dude, but that, the, that, definitely this. Oh, sorry. Oh no, right, I, was, go ahead. I was gonna say, dude, that that big data music video that that was like the greatest thing I've ever seen. That. The... <laughs> and I know a rap video starring the whitest people you ever saw in your life, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, there, there's the crux of it right there. A weapon's only as good as the arm that wields yeah. it. That's what Splinter's trying to teach Leonardo. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And Leo gets kind of heated here. This all this all reminds me of this scene right here. Particularly, I love this scene right here. This one, right? Doesn't it remind you of the 1990 movie mm -hmm. with Raph on the the rooftop, kind of frustrated? Oh, by the way, the setting of this uh, this episode is really cool. I love the dark skies. I love the thunder and lightning that comes a little bit later in the rain. Really sets the tone. Alright, so you got this Foot Clan guy. He's firing this arrow at Leo. Commercial. And we're back. And he fires the arrow. And Leo. Opens a can on the arrow. There's a note attached. I wonder who it's from. Do you like me? Check yes, check no. That'd have been great. You have passed the first test. I call upon you as a point of honor to meet with me if you follow You know what? If Shredder is actually an alien, spoilers, why is he acting like this? <laughs> ah, good question. Is, good mean, question. You mean, like, is he just that into his character? 
Well, they they hey, kind of actually delve into that later on, because, okay. and I don't I don't want to give it away, but you'll okay. you'll learn. And that's not, and I'm not trying to make fun of anything. That's a legitimate question I have. Is like, no, you know, no, because, no. You you actually you drop, they right? actually do go into like great t detail in it, like in like season three. Okay. Cool. Yeah, my, my, my son's using a Game Boy Color for a telephone right now. He's going, oh, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Leonardo, I guess out of frustration, maybe? Uh, he decides, you know what, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show, um, Rokusaki or whoever this might be, that I am a legit ninja. Yeah, well, I mean, he wants to prove, I think he's trying to prove it to Splinter. Sure. Yeah, I think so, too. Because Splinter's just like, well, you know, your swords are important, but it's not good, you're not proficient unless you know what you're doing. That's true. Yeah. Can I just say something real quick? Even though this came out in 3, the animation still holds up very well. Yeah, very yeah. true. It aged well. I mean, there's only 13 of them. If Leo needs us, we're here. But let's see what this is all about. So the turtles, the rest of the turtles are kind of watching Leo face these uh, Foot Clan members. I think secretly Raphael just wants Leonardo to get his butt kicked. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, Michelangelo went down to tell her, we're like, hey, let's go down there and help him. And Raphael's like, if he needs us, we'll be here. It's like, really, dude? Right. He's, he could die. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> just because you're mad that your older brother's a leader. You know, come on. Ah, so there's Saki coming out of the show. Rokusaki. Master of Ninjutsu. Leonardo, your appearance is very striking. It's it's not a costume, although I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> Much easier to believe than you might imagine. I have seen enough of this world to expect the extraordinary, and you are extraordinary. But I did not ask you here to flatter you. We have important matters. You know what's to really discuss. funny? <laughs> Shredder, Shredder shows up and we all just stopped yes. talking. <laughs> well, you know, it is interesting. Like in this episode, um, Shredder is wanting the turtles' help for another enemy. So I'm wondering if that's the Krang or the Utrams. That is why we need to talk. We have been fighting each other. We should actually be on the same side. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty weird. I think I have the to prove yeah. He's basically trying to brainwash Leonardo into joining. Okay. I see. I see. Yeah. Do you? Nothing that's, is clear. Pretty, what are you expecting? No. <laughs> All right, I won't. The Adams family. No, uh, <laughs> the monsters. Uh, but it is kind of an interesting take on Shredder. You've never seen him do this, I don't think. Right, right. And for, for a second, like, especially what he does here in a minute, it's like, wow, is he actually being legit here? Yeah, is he sincere? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I like that little line from Mikey. <laughs> Something about onions? Pepperoni? Because, yeah, I want to say the only other time that Shredder does this is in, is in the uh, the Dark Leo saga in the IDW comics where he, like, literally brainwashes Leo into joining the Foot Clan. Like, I, like, I don't think this ever 
I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think this ever happened in, like, the Mirage comics. I don't think they, so. You know, they just, they fight Shredder first issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like, he's kind of downing himself in this in this episode. Yeah, so I'm wondering if Shredder knows somehow, and he's playing on Leo's insecurities. He probably, he, I think he can read people well enough that he can just recognize it. So ah, true. He doesn't know the specifics, but he can he can recognize that he's not all there. He's weakened right here. Yeah. Yeah, this this is a part where I was like, wow, is he really doing this? Family for three hundred years. It was crafted by the master Toshi Kurahara in the sixteenth century. It is said that in the forging, Kurahara folded the metal over seven hundred times to remove any impurities. Hmm. Yes. You are impressive. It is for you to keep. No, I take it. I wish you to have it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Gives him a sword. 700 folded sword, man. That would be damn near unbreakable. <laughs> oh! <Yo! laughs> Still get chills. And I thought Master Splinter said never to take swords from strangers. <laughs> and I thought insurance salesmen were pushy. Yeah. Now, who are these guys? Cool. I that, can't remember. I can't, I can't really say due to spoilers. Yes. Come on, Thaddeus. Don't be like this. You'll, this is the Earth, no, no, but you'll find out defense force. Too, though. This is the, uh, the Earth Protection Force or something like that? Okay, if if you really want to know, spoiler warning: these are actually Utrom guardians. Okay. Ah, I thought so. Well, they're wearing they're wearing necklaces that have Utrams on them. So that's I what I saw. Like, I was like, ooh, those are the brain. It's actually the Utrom council that they're discussing with because Shredder Shredder wants to do something to the Utrom, and you won't you won't know about till season two. Okay. Ah, okay. All right. Oh, so Raph is on to Leo. He's like, dude, you're selling out to Master Shredder. I mean, yes, but it's different than we thought. They're not the enemy. At least I don't. I wouldn't think say he's selling out. He accepted a weapon. What's up with that? Master. Master <laughs> Splinter, remember him, Leo? Real hairy guy about tall. <laughs> we can just ditch him. I'm not talking about ditching anybody. I'm only talking about working with another. I will say this: uh, Michael Center Nicholas, who voiced Leonardo, like whenever I read the IDW comics, like like his voice is the voice that I hear. I think he did a really good job voicing Leonardo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think every voice actor in this series does really well. I just happen to have a little issue with Donatello and Leo sounding so similar. You know, it's hard to tell them apart unless you're actually watching them. A fight between Leo and Rath? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I love that. I didn't see that coming. You know what? I mean, like, whoa, crap. <laughs> Man, that, that side is barely in that wall. <laughs> I noticed that too, yeah. Yeah. You really are an idiot. And I don't hurt that easily, sword boy. So what are we gonna do, Leo? What I should have done in the first place. Talk to Matt. I don't know, whenever I read the Ninja Turtle comics, I always hear the voice cast from the 2007 movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, that that pretty much... Except for Donatello, I hear the dude from Secret of the Youth. Corey Feldman? Uh, no, 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 Secret of the Youth. Alright, so this is where I think the issue really, or the episode really shines. We finally get a little bit of an origin here. 
The Shredder. The Shredder. I often told you of my beloved Master Yoshi. But now it is time that I tell you the whole truth. As you cool close up know, here. My master was a ninja of great power. One of the greatest practitioners of ninjutsu in many centuries. I was his pet rat. See, now we get the origin where he's a rat all along. Yeah, and I love love that too. I like because oh, that reminds me of the uh, the 90 movie. Yep, I was thinking the same thing. There's a lot of parallels with the 90 movie. Pun punching a door to pieces. Those things are too small to have that much wire in them. The foot ninja overpowered him. See, this is where I, you know, being an adult, just the adult to me is just like, why didn't you just shoot him? <laughs> just shoot. Shred him. By the way, Shredder looks awesome. I, I really like his yeah, design. I really yeah. like his armor design. <laughs> they were relentless. And this, oh, this is pretty cool. So we find out what where Hun got his scar too. Who lives without honor will end without honor. Now that line there, he who lives without honor and ends without honor, isn't that from the 1990 movie when Shredder's on the? He's like hanging, and Splinter's got him off the building. Uh, he, he says that you know something worse will happen to him because his death will come without honor. That's what. Okay. So there's Hun's scar. Apparently, Splinter had slashed him. I love that scene. Mm. That scene alone made me say they're not afraid to take risks. <laughs> That's true. I found you, my sons, and you all know the rest. I never all right, so that's that's where the origin comes from. It's a little, little different from uh, the comic books, but uh, follows the film storyline. It is still in my heart, but now you need to know who Saki, the Shredder, really is. He serves great purpose. He fights no great evil. He is great evil. Yeah, but any endeavor he undertakes, he does for his own selfish gain. Hmm. So basically. Shredder's like, such an idiot. or Splinter's like, Shredder Cray. Don't trust me. Made, bro. We saw you coming a mile away. So what are we gonna do about it? Shredder wants an answer. I think we should give him one, turtle style. See, this is the part where I actually thought uh, Splinter would fight with them, but he actually doesn't. I was a little surprised. At least not in this this part. is no and he can have his sword back yeah, I love the rain he just turned the air conditioning off for that whole building <laughs> cool battle music too this show has got really like cool music I like the music yeah the show. I'm with you man 
Whereas, you know, the new series, I never even hear music in that show. <laughs> you said it, brother. But a bow staff certainly comes in handy when a teenage turtle finds himself in the middle of a circle of angry, ugly, and ninjas. Dang, Donnie, get him. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's not the weapon that matters. It's the ninja who wields it. Well, all in a day's work. It's not over yet. Oh, God. That's your favorite character. No, I don't like Han. <laughs> no, you know what's actually funny? Because I, I know you keep saying you don't like Han, but there's... There's an episode in season three, which is kind of like a what if episode, it, and it kind of kind of made me really appreciate like Han, like as a character. Yeah. And that's good. I'm glad. But just, yeah, whatever. Because I'm really, I, well, I for me, I don't like his design. He's yeah, so big. It's yeah. Not it's kind of kind of lazy. No, as 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 far as like the true definitive version of Han, I'd probably have to go with the IDW version because yeah. I don't. I, I agree with you. I don't really know too much about Han and the Mirage comics, so I'm not, you know, I'm not caught up. But uh, I thought he was handled like really well in the IDW comics, especially like what they're doing now with him. Yeah, because they gave him a character with this giant meathead. Yeah. Oh, there go the katanas. Liu Kang! I know, right? <laughs> Finish him. So Hun, just, cool. Hun just died. <laughs> what was funny is that I actually thought he did die when I first watched this until he went, Ugh. I think we'll sleep well tonight. <laughs> that was not easy. Here, yeah, bro. Thanks, Raph. So yeah, basically, like the Guardians are trying to keep an eye on the Turtles because they don't really know who they are yet, and if they can trust them, then they want to use them against like Oroku Saki to defeat them once and for all. Basically, that's cool. So because, kind of like shield from the from the Marvel comics. Because yeah. Because uh, spoiler alert: when you find out that Shredder's actually an Utrom, you find out that he is basically this like Utrom overlord that's like conquered many like worlds and just like wants to just wipe out the Utrom race. Mm -hmm. And then later, like the the turtles like team up with the Guardians. Yeah. So we get. By the way, I love Shredder's voice here. Yeah, Scotty, Scotty Ray did a really good job on Shredder, and that. Ooh, yo! <laughs> All right, so it's that was part one where we get we get uh, ending on a cliffhanger there, but Shredder's <laughs> shown up. Um, so Josh, we'll start with you, man. What'd you think? You know, I can I like this. I like where it's going. You know, I. All right. There's just some. I still don't like Raphael's voice. You know, I still he's. What are you talking about? I know he's trying way too hard, man. Um, <laughs> I like his voice. That's cool. Yeah, man. I just, you know what it is? It's just like every time there is the voice cast for the turtles, they all kind of sound similar. And this one, he doesn't. Sure. You know, he doesn't. Um, 
All due, with all due respect to the person that gave a lot of effort to uh, give Raphael life, but um, and I don't care for Hun's design just because he's just a giant block. You know, yeah. it's not. It's just not interesting, and I don't like his character where he just just manhandles everything. But um, it's it's a pretty decent episode. I mean, when like Shredder started the talk, I just shut up and just started listening, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely like his design outside of his costume more than inside of his costume because you never get to see it. Wow. You know, not, not that either one is bad. It's just you never see just a Rokusaki. You never mm-hmm. see it. You know, even even today, you always see him in the shredder. It's like he showers in that thing. You know, it's just, <laughs> you, you never see him outside of it. It's just kind of cool to see that there is something else other than just the blades and the gauntlets and everything. The man behind the mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's back. <laughs> yeah, he's back. Oh, that's a great song. Oh, I... So what do you think of the uh, origin and everything? You think they did a nice job with it, Josh? I think they did it fine. I, th- I think that it is the hardest thing about the Turtles. The hardest nut to crack is changing the origin to tie into the story that you want to tell. IDW did yeah. it. Nickelodeon did it. Uh, they did it in 1988 and Mirage comics did it. And you know, it, it is, there's only so many ways you can tell their origin, you know, like, you know, it's just kind of like Spider-Man. Spider-Man gets bit by a radioactive spider. Batman loses his parents. Superman, Superman comes to earth from Krypton. You know, how many different shades of that origin story are there? And it's, it's, it's tough to find a new one, you know, good on you for finding a new one. Ah, good deal, man. So, does this possibly make a believer out of you now, or uh, still got some convincing to do? Um, you know, I mean, it is just one episode we saw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm open to the show. I've never been closed-minded about the show. I just, it's just not for me. You know, the thing of it is, I have no nostalgia for it. Sure. I complete. I did not watch this show until I was on this show. Until I was on our show. Yeah. So, with that being said. Um, it's going to get, I mean, I've got all the DVDs downstairs, you know, so <laughs> it's going to get its fair. It's going to get more than its fair share for me. I'm going to, I'm going to keep watching it. And even if I just don't care for it, I recognize that it's good. You know, I, I am not going to bash the show. It's kind of, it's kind of like Marvel movies. They're all good. It's just how much do you like them? There's not a bad Marvel yeah. movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like this show is good. I like it. But it's just not my show. I'm just gonna edit the one part which says this show is good. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the only thing I say the whole episode. This That'll be the intro to the show. <laughs> this show is good. I like it. I like so, it. <laughs> as long as the outro is the Man of Steel review that we did, you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good deal. Well, all right, that's nice and positive words there. So, what about you, Mister T? I think for me personally, this is easy, easily within one of my uh, my top five episodes. Um, awesome. When I, when I first watched it, I didn't really know who Oroku. Not like gr- growing up. Growing up, I watched the '87 cartoon, but I, did, I still didn't know who Oroku Saki was. And then, like once I found out yeah. who Oroku was, I was like, I was, I was like, oh yeah, it's obvious he's a shredder. <laughs> um, Animation wise, absolutely gorgeous. Still holds up to this day. Really love the fight scenes. Really love the interaction between um, Leonardo and the Shredder. I think if you haven't seen this season from episode one and you want to just jump into this, I think this is a good starting point. Yeah. Um, and I uh, I just can't 
just can't recommend it enough. I thought this was a solid episode. I'll probably give it about a 9 out of 10. I think it seems fair. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. There was a lot of things I liked about this this episode. Really enjoyed that um, that flashback uh, with Hamato yeah. Yoshi. That was probably my favorite part of it. Um, I love the look of it, too, how everything was brown. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, the way it was drawn was really nice. And, uh, that, and that, the, is, that is another thing that I like about the 2003 series is that whenever they do flashbacks, they almost do kind of like a comic book panel sort of like flashback. Everything's kind of monochrome like, and everything, yeah. Yeah, and we, and we get some some callbacks, too. Like, uh, you know, there's, there's some references to the film. And also I like that we've seen Hun with the scar for so long. Now, 10 episodes into first season, we finally see where that came from. I like that. I like, uh, you know, getting some of those questions answered. Um, I really like the backdrop of the rain, and it just really made the end fight scene so epic. Um, and I also loved, and we, we kind of talked over it, but the first time I saw it, I noticed Michelangelo had said, like, a Ricky Ricardo line. I forget what he said, though. I uh, he said, uh, Leonardo, you got some splaining to do. Yeah, you got some splaining to do. And he did the accent. I completely so. missed that. Oh, it was funny. It was funny. So, uh, you know, it had the humor, too, even though it was more one of the more serious episodes and certainly yeah. a lot better than the, the last one that we had watched. I think the last one we had watched was The Garbage Man. That's probably my least favorite episode of the season. You know what's actually... Well, you know what's actually funny about the Garbage Man was that originally Peter Laird was going to make him like a con- uh, conjoined twin to Hun. They were oh, actually wow. going to be like Death Brothers, where they were like just this weird mutation, and they were going to be called the Garbage Man, where like he has two heads: one head is Hun, one head is Garbage Man. But he had to take it up because um, it was too. Uh, figured it would give kids nightmares um one one real quick thing that i want to talk about was the guardians when i first watched this i had no idea who they were um later on like like once you find out like who they are and like what their purpose is uh it's a really cool interaction between them and the turtles which i I won't you know i won't spoil it but uh just 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 look forward to that i think i think you're really gonna enjoy that like once it finally gets reviewed like, like who they really are and like who their intentions like, like, or like what their intentions are. Um, I think it'll be a nice little like throwback to like the Mirage comments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. A lot, lot of seeds planted here, and I, I really like it. I think this is for sure my favorite episode of season one, uh, besides maybe the first one, but uh, I love this episode. I would give this a 9 out of 10 as well. I can't really think of a reason to ding it at all, really. So uh, you know- I really enjoyed it. Say what, well, Josh? Oh, hon. Yeah. Oh, hon? <laughs> Yeah, oh, no. he's kind of like that uncle that comes over for Christmas, gets drunk, and falls on the tree. Uh, so right, he's yeah. he's like Eddie from uh, the vacation movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I was gonna say was that uh, the second part to this episode was actually deemed as the mid-season finale, and and for a while, for about a oh, good cool. for about a good four months, we don't really know. We, 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 it did kind of end on, on another cliffhanger. We didn't know what happened to Shredder, and that was the longest four months of my life because I'm just <laughs> I, I, kept, I kept flipping back every Saturday. I'm like, when are they going to air the new episode? When are they going to air? And then finally, they aired it like late September, like really late September, I think of like 2004. And then I finally watched, it and I was like, and I was like, okay, okay, cool, because I, I I thought they canceled the series because I was just like. You know, I, I, I'm not. I wasn't. I, I didn't know what a mid-season finale was. And then, like, once I found out what it was, I was, I was like, I was like, okay, thank God they're, that they're continuing the series because I'm like, I'm like, I need to know what happened to Shredder. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think we covered some pretty interesting stuff today, guys. And yeah, uh, good show. 
yeah, not not a bad uh, not a bad 2003 era show. So uh, so guys, um, you know, thank you so much for listeners. Thank you so much for calling in, sending us emails. Please continue to do that. Um, and we we really just love hearing from you guys. Thank you all for listening. And we will be back next week with uh, Nickelodeon themed show. You know, that's where we cover the IDW series in chronological order, the Nickelodeon series in chronological order. Um, so we are returning to that era on the next episode. Um, I wish I could give you the episode numbers, but I just don't know them off the top of my head. Um, was, um, but I was going to ask you, what issue are, are we uh, covering? You know what? I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but I will text you as soon as I find out. I can probably do that here in a little bit. I think we're on the 11th issue of the IDW series. Okay, yeah, we got to be getting right when there. the turtles first by Shredder. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because I, cause I, well, I thought that y'all were doing like issue number seventy six, and I'm like, I, I can't do that episode because I'm like <laughs> way too far behind. Uh, I can't, real, I can't real, do it either. No, no. no <laughs> real, uh, real quick, I wanted, I wanted to talk about two real quick uh, turtle news that I found out. Um, uh, the first being, um, there's a new uh, arcade machine coming out. The publisher, I don't think it's actually Nickelodeon. I think it's an independent company. Um, but they're going to be distributing this uh, hopefully very soon to new uh, arcades, and it's actually going to be four-player co-op. It's going to be based off the Nickelodeon series. Now, I'm not sure which season it's based off of, um, but hopefully whenever somebody up- uploads some gameplay or images, um, I'll be able to upload that to the group. If you want to see what the actual arcade cabinet looks like, I did upload a picture to the group. And also, uh, Josh is going to kill me for this because I keep bringing up toys every time I'm on tour. <laughs> uh, NECA Toys next year has revealed that they are going to be doing a NECA Shredder based on the 1990 film, as well as Shredder's Foot Clan. Yeah. So, uh, they all, uh, NECA is also doing a 1990 Casey Jones mask and a 1990 uh, Ooze Canister. Yeah, that the oh, cool. uh, the Casey Jones mask actually will be out in December. That's coming out in time for Christmas. Now, oh, really? With, yeah, the thing with the Shredder and Foot Clan member is they're going to be one quarter scale, so that's going to be like almost a two foot tall Shredder figure. Okay, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Not buying it. You know, my you put that in the bathroom would scare people. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you sit down <laughs> in the toilet, and now I will finish what I started with you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't really have that much in my, in my bedroom, but for for maybe not the Foot Clan, but maybe for just Shredder alone, that may be one may may end up pre-ordering because I I absolutely love the the, the first movie Shredder. If mm-hmm. by some chance I'm not able to get it day one, it's not really a big deal because usually if you wait about three to four months, eventually that they go down in price. So it's not it's not a a day one buy for me. But if I have any money left over uh that may that may end up being one that i end up pre-ordering if i had the money man i'd do it that's for sure but uh all right man is that if guys i think we're finally done yeah i yeah. think we're good man yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're it's finally a nice done. speedy show yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come on it was awesome <laughs> no no good show good show but i'm looking at the timer here it's almost three hours Jeez, this will be fun to edit well you had to get me going on man steel i'm yeah. sorry no, i'm I sorry i should have brought steel. it up I it's all thaddeus's fault like he brought it. up teen titans yeah. Well, it's on Nicole's fault. She brought up Teen Titans. So. I know, Nicole. Before you do get done with this episode, please tell Nicole that I am sorry. I wasn't trying oh, to personally. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nicole's going to be downstairs to see me trolling. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You say what, buddy? I, I, I said I, I did have a, a, a pizza recommendation that I wanted to try. Oh, let's yeah. hear it. 
Yeah. It's um, uh, well, 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 Josh will love this because he loves whole wheat, whole wheat crust. It's a whole wheat pizza with sliced apples, mozzarella cheese, and bacon. Oh, there it is. Lots yeah, cheese and bacon. Like, that sounds good. good. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Well, once again, thank you all so much for listening. Have them um, done weekly from now on. We're close to it. We're, we're, we're aiming for at least three episodes a month. But we thank you so much for the feedback we've gotten. And, um, you know, here's to hoping uh, we uh, talk to you guys next week. And, guys, here's to hoping you enjoy your whole wheat, apple, mozzarella, and cheese pizza. So, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Uh, see, I like Teen Titans Go. It took me a while because it was just kind of zany about it. And then I watched this episode of... This is the Teen Titans Go podcast. Uh, <laughs> there was this episode that I watched about two weeks ago, maybe three. And they had this one... I think there was this villain that... I think he was called the Fanboy or something like that. And he was basically every internet troll and hater and just people that were not willing to give Teen Titans Go a chance... And he says that I'm going to prove to you that you are just nowhere near as good of the superheroes as you think you are. And he shows him an episode of the old Teen Titans show that came out back in 2012. And like, whoa, we're awesome. It's like, no, that's not you. That's the real Teen Titans. Your Teen Titans go and nobody likes you. And then so they kind of like get depressed and they figure out how to break the fourth wall. And they just kind of realize that they're who they are and they can only be who they are. And then they start making fun of the internet trolls and haters about how... If you hate us so much, why do you pay so much attention to us? Why are you watching every episode? Why are you telling people to not watch us, which just makes people watch us? And it was hilarious. And I think if you watch that episode, I'm not trying to change your opinion on it, but you would get a bit of appreciation for it because that's what won me over was the fact that they were willing to accept that they had flaws, these people that aren't real. But like, the people that made that show were so willing to accept that to a lot of people, they messed up. They're making a kid-friendly Teen Titans show, but kids are the ones that get the action figures. Kids are the ones that buy the t-shirts and everything. I don't care what anyone says about Ninja Turtles ever. They are a media merchandising behemoth that will never stop. And... This it was my my reaction to Rise of the of the Ninja Turtles was the same thing as yours. Like kid friendly just kills my brain a little bit. Yeah. But since nineteen ninety-six or ninety-seven. <laughs> because I was ninety-seven, I was about fourteen. And let's see, I was watching Next Mutation. And I and in even in my brain when I was fourteen years old, it kind of made sense that the turtles aren't necessarily blood related. Because how many pet shop anything do you get that's like blood related, specifically blood related? That's sure, true. the people will say that just to make a sale. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, this is my son George and his brother Lucas. Yay! Um, <laughs> that's what Rob was gonna do, but uh, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, it kind of made a little bit of a sense. I do agree. Michelangelo needed to cool down a little bit after 10 yeah. episodes of hitting on Venus, but that's completely in keeping with his character at that time. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. I think the whole kid-friendly thing for Rise of the Ninja Turtles 
is ne- isn't necessarily it's going to be like you know the next episode of Teen Titans Go or Doug or the Smurfs or whatever. You know, it's kind of I think it's honestly I, as I've thought about it, I think it's kind of a buffer from the the recent Ninja Turtle show because after season three, it just got darker and darker and darker. Even when they're yeah, in true. space and they're time travel and just crazy stuff that you know can't happen, it kind of yeah. got really dark. And yeah, things got cray. Things shut up. Things got crazy. And you're an English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Just don't tell. Don't tell your bae. Yeah, you're you're a father. Come on. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, well, yeah. um, you know, well, that kind of reminds me of you know the little discussion that we had. You know about. Is Man of Steel a good film? Which we'll have to save that that whole thing for another day. But man, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. You know, just picking apart you know things I like, things oh, I didn't man. like, oh, things man you like. Oh, dude, I love that movie. Yeah, See, dude, I can't stand it. Right. I can't stand it. I'm not even a fan of Batman vs Superman, but dude, Man of Steel. Yeah, dude, I saw a movie twice in theaters. I'll oh, okay. No, no, I'll, I'll say this. I like the special effects, but there's a lot of things that I do not like about it. So you know? Rob doesn't I, like I, Man I, of Steel, and Thaddeus doesn't like Batman v Superman. I'm off the podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> I now, now I'm not. I'm not saying that the original films were perfect because, oh, golly, they weren't. But you cannot I don't know, spin I just... the world backwards and not have everyone die. <laughs> Everyone will die. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I acknowledge three and four were awful, and, and one and two aren't perfect, but you know they were definitely better. Yeah. Uh, but Man yeah. of Steel, it's a good movie if you like the aesthetic of it. Yeah. Um, but if you like Superman and the character he represents, I don't think it's a great movie because mm. he kills a lot of people indirectly, and he kills Zod directly. He kills. Yeah. That's not Superman. Okay, hold on now. Hold on. If I may. All right, here we go. If I, was I waiting may. For this. Okay, first. Let's off, do it. There are. You don't necessarily know that he killed a bunch of people. Well, actually, you do. You do. The, the skyscrapers. Wait, 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 wait. All the right. skyscrapers were never his fault. He never flew into a skyscraper. He got knocked into them all the time. True, he but he chose trying. to fight him in the city. Right, yeah. And he was trying to get Zod out of the city, and Zod purposefully kept the fight in the city because he just wanted to kill everyone. But the yeah. thing of it is, the thing to remember... Did he try to get out of the city? I don't remember that. He did, yeah. He he would fly up. He would grab Zod and try flying up and out of the way, you know, up, up, and away, and then Zod would pound him back to the ground. It's, I mean, faster than a speeding bullet, but it is quick. <laughs> but like but we'll watch the movie and have an action i want to do an in-depth review of yes. that with you but like the thing to remember, that sounds good i want you to think back when you were a kid uh-huh. and you first you learned how to ride a bike when you were a kid the first time you learned how to ride a bike you ran into everything and you fell off of stuff and you probably crushed a billion ants that you didn't even know were there <laughs> Now imagine. Yeah, but then he's still, but he's still lauded as a hero, though. Hold on, no, he is not. He is not. He is not lauded as a hero. He's given a monument to this by the city he saved, and that makes sense. But like, anyway, hold on. But I want you to think about the first time you rode a bike and how bad you were at it. Now imagine you're Superman, and you've found, you've had these powers all your life, but you've never used them. Until 48 hours before an alien invasion happens. And now you have to have super strength and flight and heat vision and invulnerability and durability. And you're like a bull in the nicest china shop. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to screw up. And he was 
trying to help people. He was telling people to get away. There's a. Gr- I don't think he had ill intentions, right. but at the same time, he was awful reckless. But, you know, I get it. I get it. You know, he's learning his power, his There's... powers. But that I still don't think. Now, this is mm-hmm. just me. I still don't think Superman would directly. Okay, remember, remember the the last scene was on, right? right? Yeah. Where he's about to zap those people. He's following that laser beam up to those yes. people. What he could have done is anything. You don't want to. I mean, he just flat out executes him, breaks his okay. neck. But what he could have done. And, you know, it's something a little bit more indirect because, see, that's more of a Batman thing to me, you know, than, than a Superman No, thing. no, that, well, actually, yeah, actually. That yeah, yeah, Batman, Batman wouldn't later, care. Yes. And he, yeah, and, but see, with Superman, why not find a way to redirect that beam, you know, or, or maybe somehow well, how deflect funny it and it accidentally hits you know what's Zod himself. funny that you mentioned that is, is it, if you go back and rewatch that scene, they could have easily moved out, moved out of the way. They could have. I know, you're still there. Hold on, wait a minute. As, okay, listen. I don't mean to rub this in anyone's face or anything, but having been in life-threatening situations, I have seen people that are just terrified and they can't move. You know, they just, you get scared enough and it can happen to anyone because unless you have mortal fear put into you, you know what you're going to do. Yeah. Those people, yeah, yeah. I mean, Some the father, freeze, there's there's a guy who's holding a woman. You don't know if it's his children and his wife, but he's holding a woman and a child, like bear hugging them to, in a futile attempt to protect them. He knows that if that beam hits them, it's, he, they're gone. They're done. If you've yeah. ever, I mean, you can be scared enough and you will just deer in headlights. You won't move. You can't deflect Superman or Zod's heat vision. It is never in any of the comics has ever been deflected um, at that intensity because he can he can actually control the intensity. And Zod is going full bore. It's just going to go through everything. He can't put his hand over his eyes because it'll burn his hand. And he can't deflect his head, like make his head point up so the beam goes straight up because it'll bring the roof down on everybody. The reason he doesn't just wantonly kill Zod, he doesn't want to kill Zod at all because that's his last link to Krypton. That's the last link to who a big portion of his identity as Superman, as Kal-El is. So by snapping his neck, he is willingly choosing Earth over his alien ancestry. He is choosing Jonathan Kent over... uh, Jor-El. He is choosing Lois Lane uh, over you know whoever could have been his wife on Krypton, or he is choosing Earth over Krypton. I don't think that scene should have existed, though. I don't. I, why not just send him back to the Phantom Zone? I mean, there's a way you could have gotten rid of him and ended that storyline without killing him. I think the fact that Superman's directly, not indirectly, with like all the other people in the buildings, mm-hmm. but directly killing a man, it just doesn't seem like Superman. He's killed Zod three times in the comics. He is killed. Um, he's killed a character called Hank Henshaw when he when he came back from life. Hank Henshaw was the cyborg Superman from the Reign of the Superman stories in the nineties. He mm-hmm. has, I mean, Batman's killed Darkseid. You know, every single superhero has killed a supervillain. And like, but the thing of the Phantom Zone thing, he couldn't have sent him back to the Phantom Zone because the Kryptonian warships had a phantom drive on it that would generate openings into the phantom zone. And both of those, the world engine and the Kryptonian warships were all destroyed. So they couldn't send him back to the phantom zone. That was the only, he was in an unwinnable situation because of this exact conversation we're having here. 
know, right, but why have that? My point is, why have that in the first place? You know, why write yourself in a corner like that in the first place? They didn't write themselves into a corner. They intentionally had him kill Zod because it was narratively, it was important for him to figure out whether he was going to be an alien or if he was going to live amongst us as a human, if he was going to choose his alien lineage to his human characteristics. Yeah, but he could have done that without killing anybody. But the thing of it was, was he <laughs> had to because Zod, he, Zod straight up told him, you're going to have to stop me because I will kill. I will not stop until I kill every single human. I'm going to take everyone from you. He's going to kill 7 billion people to prove a point because Zod has nothing left to live for. And Superman does. You know, Superman is not. This is. Whether he's Kryptonian or not, Earth is his home. John and Martha are his parents. He is human, even though biologically he's not. And Zod was going to take... He was gloating about how he was going to take all of that from him. And at one point, he had to destroy the ship. Superman destroyed the Kryptonian warships, and Zod was pleading with him not to and because he wanted to remake Krypton. Zod wanted to terraform Earth killing the entire human population and create a new Krypton and Superman straight up tells him Krypton had its chance and nature destroyed it. You cannot go against nature. And, you know, so there was no, he, they weren't in a corner, but he was in an unwinnable situation because narratively you have this, I mean, it is, you know, flight, super strength, capes and spandex, whatever. It is the most realistic version of Superman ever because he is not the smiling and truth justice in the American way. He's not that poster boy yet. He is a human man, human in air quotes, given godlike powers and abilities. And you see his initial reaction to them is he wants to help people. His father is trying to have him hide his abilities because his father doesn't want doesn't want Clark taken. Okay, his father. I've got my own issues with his father, but I'll save that. I'll save that for okay. Action. Yeah, no problem. He has the worst line in cinema history. I think. What? I'll, I'll just I'll leave it at that. What the? Uh, <laughs> should I have let them die? And he says maybe. Yes, maybe. I can explain maybe. that. Real A bus quick. full of kids. Oh come on, man! How do you rationalize? I that? can because I get it. He's supposed to save himself. You know, I get it. I get it. If he exposes himself, it could be so risky. John could lose him. Yeah. I, I mean, I. I get it, but you still don't say that. This is the thing. He's not He's not telling Clark to have those people die. But he's, Oh, come on! No, listen! He's not telling Clark to have them die. All he says is maybe, and that's the most admission. Oh, of, come on. <laughs> he's, he's telling his son, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I just know that I don't want you taken from me. So he's not telling him to let people die. He's not telling him to say. He was, but no, he wasn't. He was. You said maybe you should have let them die. I mean, if you're not, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but they should have said it that way. I'm sorry, they should. That was a they horrible word. That way, the line was. They didn't. The line was maybe. He didn't say maybe you should have. He said maybe because he doesn't know. He doesn't know what his son's supposed to do. You know, he, I mean, he's got like the worst possible case of puberty ever. He's got freaking superpowers. He doesn't know what to do. You know, and his, his dad, a simple farmer from Kansas, doesn't know how to explain it. All he knows is he just wants to protect his son because he loves him and doesn't want him to get hurt, which is why when they have, I the, when they have the argument, 
when he's a teen, a later, an older teenager. And Clark Kent's like, I want to use my powers to help people. And he's like, well, you can help us at the farm, feeding people, growing crops, you know, that imagine how much you could do for the farming industry with your powers and just feeding people and giving them sustenance. How is that not helping people? He's like, I want to do more. And so Superman always had that. Uh, he always had Clark always had that superhero in him. It was just always a part of him. But then, well, Josh, listen, listen. I agree with everything you're saying. I do. I, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but why have that scene exist in the first place? Because you know, a lot of viewers like me are going to think, "What do you mean by that?" I mean, why have that in there? I, there's a there's a way you could have articulated that in a in an easier, less confusing way than say maybe. I don't know. I just don't like that scene at all. I, I think that's such a very odd, just an odd. Th- awkward scene it is but like think of like think about how realistic that is i mean you're a parent and it's just there's just i mean i'm a parent there we don't we're expected to have all the answers and the reality is is we don't we are figuring i mean nobody i think i've told you this before but nobody ever in my opinion nobody ever feels like a grown-up you know (laughs) nobody ever does and i mean it's not because we're necessarily talking about cartoons and action figures or anything but like there's just so much that we don't get you know and the Mm -hmm. and the learning process for anybody is hard you know and that scene in that movie it was him admitting to his son in in not the most glow-in-the-dark bold print kind of words but i mean it he was admitting to his son that I don't know what you're supposed to do. I just want you safe. That's all he's trying to do. And, you know, the difference between John and his uh, son Clark, when when Clark, when Superman breaks Zod's neck, he made, he made a decision where his father didn't know how to. He made the decision that this is my home. You are a terrorist. I am taking you out. And the fact that he screams at the end of that movie when he breaks Zod's neck and the realization that he is alone is overwhelming and he screams down on his knees, it's because he's realizing that there is no more tether to Krypton. There, is, there are no more answers anymore. And then he sees Lois and he realizes, I don't need the answers. I have a home here. Now, when in Superman 2, everyone's favorite superhero movie for some reason, the original one back in 1980, Zod loses his powers, he becomes human, Superman breaks his hand, laughs at him, and throws him into a pit. And he laughs at him because he's feeling pain for the first time, and then throws him into an icicle. But that is everybody's <laughs> favorite. And I was like, that dude straight up murdered a human, like just completely dusted a completely defenseless human man. You know, when you could have just put him in prison like you're supposed to do. But here is this God that you're fighting and you, you're you the only way that this guy can get taken down because there wasn't at that time. There was no kryptonite. There was no more Phantom Zone. There is no magic because Wonder Woman hasn't been introduced yet. So there's no way to take Zod down using any kind of conventional methods, you know, and Superman did the one thing he knew. Actually, I don't even think he knew if he could break a a, a bone, you know, because they're punching each other with everything they have and they're not feeling any pain. You know, they're yeah. just they're just getting stopped. They're feeling like 
I remember hearing Zack Snyder in an interview talking about the fight choreography and having these people not act like they're in pain because they're not feeling pain. They're feeling the pressure, but they're not feeling pain. So it's a weird thing to think about. It's like, can Superman even break Zod's neck? Because, you know, with Kryptonian physics being infused with our younger yellow sun, you know, just what what are the limits, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not trying to change your opinion. I, it's No, no, it's, no. Uh, but, I mean, I absolutely adore that movie simply, be- ah. simply because it is... It takes the most unrealistic superhero and makes him the most grounded person in that movie. It, it, at the end of that movie, first off, I cried twice in that movie. I cried when Clark's dad died, and I cried when just like when he first put on the suit and he's flying, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to fly. You know, <laughs> I'm terrified of heights, and I want to fly now. You know, but like, yeah, it 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 is the. It is a superhero movie for the modern age. And, like, the thing of it is that's hilarious is everybody bickering and fighting and hating and trollmongering and just being fans and being, like, horrible people to these people <laughs> that just wanted to make a movie. You know? Yeah. They yeah. just, first off, they're just doing their jobs and nobody forced them to make a Superman movie, but they wanted to. And it's so ironic that this is the conversation we're happening, we're having, and Man of Steel and Batman v Superman completely dealt with this type of mentality in both films. Batman is the ultimate troll and hater of Man of Steel because he did stuff that he didn't <laughs> like, and now I'm going to kill him. You know, mm. that, that's everyone. Maybe Batman is that. a troll. You know, <laughs> that really is. And Superman. Just well, like, just be, well, I, I will say this. I will say this. In my defense, in my uh-huh. defense, I don't like the film, but I wouldn't make me a troll. I don't go on, you know, message boards and be like, "You're an idiot if you like this no. film." You know, I, I think there's a difference between not liking something and being a complete jerk about. No, it. No, what yeah. you did was what you did was amazing. You saw it once, didn't like it, never, probably never saw it again. You know. And... <laughs> well, I, I did watch it again. Um, I I didn't see it in theaters, but I remember renting yeah. it, and sure. then I watched it again. <laughs> What say you what? Have to make sure. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, once yeah, again, because like there was it. there were some things. Well, yeah, exactly. Because I love yeah. Superman. I do, I do. I love the comics and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think my gripe is is a little bit like the story's a little convoluted, and there's some really awkward scenes in it. But there's also some, in fairness, there are some great scenes. I think there's a very po- to- uh, touching scene with uh, uh, John and um, Clark in the car. Remember when he yeah. says, "Well, you're not my dad." That's a hard scene it to watch, is, yeah. but it's a, it's a powerful How scene. How relatable you know? is that scene? I mean, because you told your, you oh, had yeah. the conversation with your parent. When I told my dad I wanted to join the army, he spent a week trying to cut, talk me out of it. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. that dude, I mean, he was a Marine in Vietnam. It's not like he didn't know what he was talking about, you know, but, yeah. but I had right. made my decision. This was what I was going to do. And, you know, but nah, I don't know. Turtle flakes. Nerdle <laughs> flakes. Good, good conversation, yeah. man. That's, that's good stuff. I, I like Great it. way to start the podcast, by the way. I know. <laughs> <laughs>